Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, all the same. It is greatly appreciated, and thank you again for your constant support. Here we are on this momentous occasion, the 150th episode of Joe Blogs about films. I wanted to do something that would um top the 50th or 100th or whatever so i decided to go for arguably one of cinema's biggest and best trilogies ever we're going to talk about the original star wars trilogy uh, in all its glory and on this episode i'm joined by my very good friend mr aaron chetta mate thank you so much for joining how are you doing not a problem at all a momentous occasion indeed i really really honestly love the messages that you send on the back of each podcast episode giving me your thoughts your reviews and just a general chit chat about you know whatever so i I honestly do really appreciate your support for the podcast man and uh, it's just great having a friend on again having uh, someone to chat to having a guest on um i love getting mates on because obviously a lot of my friends like films so but this one as well i mean let's be honest like it's star wars is just so iconic um almost a little daunting in a way for me to talk about like every time every time i bring up star wars on my podcast i do get a little bit nervy but i think i think as long as we remain fairly positive about the original trilogy i think we're all we're all good aren't we absolutely and um you mentioned it's it's you said it's 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 a, it's a great trilogy and i was thinking on the way today is it the great trilogy? Is it the best one? Because you think about all the other ones and they've all got a dodgy one. Godfather 1 and 2 are probably on their own better films, but Godfather 3 sucks. So, <laughs> whereas with, with this one, there's not a weak, a weak film in the three. No. They're all brilliant. They're, they're all great. And we're massive Star Wars fans. We're both massive Star Wars fans. So, for us to, after however many years they've been out, to still go back to them in the last couple of weeks and and just think these are brilliant um that means something doesn't it that's got to mean something i think that's it it's an epic space star you know that still to this day is gaining new and new fans you know different generations are seeing it and loving it equally as much as whoever you know has been about since they've come out you know since the 1977 original it's it's a it's a miraculous and marvelous thing that george lucas did and i've gone in before and said a few things about george lucas and my thoughts on some of his ideas that didn't quite work but i have to like you have to praise him on this front because star wars is so near and dear to so many but that's because it was such a game changer not only for sci-fi films but for cinema itself and that's always the one thing that I, I always come back to when it comes to any criticism of the prequels in particular, because that's the last thing that Lucas you know, had full control over, is that he did like have a huge passion for it and he, he changed so much with cinema, like special effects, this and that, that yeah, the, man, the man is, is a genius, you know what I mean? He can even argue he's a genius for selling the rights and, getting as, <laughs> and making as much money as he has done since. And it's interesting that you mentioned, obviously, the, this, this original trilogy. Um, and how he he changed the way things are done, especially with effect. When I look back and I watch them again, you see the stuff that's been added, and it, it definitely stands out though. Like as in, it's it's awkward, you know. Yeah. When you see the, the the stuff in the background, you're like, well, that shouldn't have been there. No. And it's almost like it was. It, it almost it helped that he didn't have the technology. Yeah. On uh, practical effects, it's all practical. 
I um, I wholeheartedly agree with that comment because I mean we can get these niggles out of the way really to to start with because I don't know if we'll come back round to them but like you say the the remastered and the special editions that you're releasing in the 90s or whatever I just I just I don't know like some of it does work some of it like the the additional scenes that you know like in Empire where we get to see a little bit more of Luke trapped um, on Hoth at the start we get to see a little bit more and stuff with that which is absolutely fine like Return of Jedi is a nightmare fuel for special effects isn't it let's be honest the additional monsters and creatures that have been added they just yeah they don't fit they, they seem quite jarring in a way as well and age terribly um, yeah just really not in the right place Frog outside Jabba's palace. What's the point? What yeah, the point? it's like yeah, just just these little these little things that I, I don't know. Like he could have um, didn't need to do, as you say, but taking nothing away from what he did because Star Wars, like I say, it changed you know the aesthetics and narratives of of Hollywood films. You know that yeah. that focus of just having deep, meaningful stories. You know uh, the themes and conflicts of that, and I you know the the, the special effects themselves were absolutely ridiculous as well as the actual narrative in the sense of having it solely focusing on a hero's journey or the mono myth and such which again that's why films like the matrix and lord of the rings did so well because star wars started it all really all of that just came from star wars added as well like the commercial side and the actual like you know success with merchandise mad what it did yeah it's uh, it's the comparison that comes to mind is a, a film that we've spoken about blade runner when that came out, that get that changed the game again. And now, when you watch it, it's like it's full of cliches. But they invented the cliches, and that's what yeah. Star Wars has done with, with the with the hero's journey. It, as he said, it's 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 seeing this character go from a whiny teenager to the end. Of, no spoilers, but he became a powerful, <laughs> powerful figure. So it's like. Uh, no spoilers, um, but the films have been out for absolute years. So if anyone's listened to this and not yeah. seen Star Wars, that this is on you because we are going to spoil spoil away, of course, because it's hard to really kind of put everything together. I don't know if you found this when making notes about it, and we'll do as best to kind of not, I don't know, get not let the listeners lose track of where we are. But I had to kind of focus yeah. on the the characters' individual journeys when I was making the notes. You know, Leia, Luke, and and Hannon's and so on. Um, so I, I, again, I don't know if you found it difficult to kind of piece everything together in a way to make it kind of make sense. Yeah, the, the first uh, uh, episode four, I've got loads of notes, but it's all little things about how, like, as I was going through it, how I felt and stuff like that. And then I thought, I'd like, well, you sent the message and said, let's focus on the hit on the on the characters, and I thought, yeah, that's a better way of doing it. Yeah, it makes it, it follows it through, and you, we're still going to pick up on everything. As said, yeah. the film's been out for 40, 45 years, so people know the story yeah it's been it's, it's been done better <laughs> this is it i think that the the way that i wanted to do this as well was kind of just like a bit of a love gush fest over star wars to yeah. be honest with you um before i do give a quick shout for obviously the socials one of the things that i can take away from re-watching it which is well listeners just on the side no I, I actually watched these this week and last week in 4k for the first time um and it was just breathtaking like absolutely glorious in its 4k glory like absolutely stunning one of the things that I took away from it, and again, I don't want to keep comparing it to the others, is that the magic of this original trilogy is that it's just not there with the sequel trilogy. Like, I, I've decided after this rewatch wholeheartedly, I do like elements of the sequels. I still stand by The Force Awakens, and I even stand by the creative choices that some of them, that Rian Johnson did with Last Jedi, but let's not talk about Rise of Skywalker again. Um, the magic, just of, of and, and I don't know, that that joy that Star Wars brings me, that spark, 
it just isn't there in the sequel trilogy at all. I think honestly, the closest thing I can get get to it would be the prequels because again, that does have that 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 feel to it in a way. Even though that some of the things don't work in the prequels, it still feels Star Wars. And I think that Disney they've hit, they've they've had a couple of hits, but I, I would say more so misses. I don't know yeah. if you agree. Yeah, um, Mando is legendary, absolutely brilliant. Book of Boba. I'd take it or leave it. It only got good <laughs> when you brought, brought the Mandalorian back in. But yeah. again, that's a different podcast. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Disney have had the sequels. The reason why Force Awakens, and I know you've already done this, but the reason why that works, why it's the best one of the three, is because it does everything that uh, New yeah. Hope does. Yeah. And down to using the music. I've got a little note here. That 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 sting that they used in the Force Awakens prequel, which I'm reading the comments on now, from like seven or eight years ago, and everybody's going... This was brilliant. The film did not leave yeah. it, uh, like live up to it because it it it, it tied into the, the, the nostalgia. It yeah. used the thing that the, the original trip did did perfectly, and that's why it's the best of the three. Um, yeah. The other two are Bobbins, but that's, <laughs> yeah, already spoken about those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I I just love the feel um, and the vibe and such that I get when I watch these Star Wars films. You know, like it does have that. That personal connection, it takes me straight back to my childhood, you know, watching these films on, on VHS, sending every other day or whatever. I mean, in the 90s and such, when they re-released A New Hope at the cinema, obviously I went to see that with my old man and such. So, like, Star Wars was such a big part of of my childhood, of me growing up, and I still have, like, back at my mum's, uh, a huge bag of Star Wars action figures uh, from like the nineties and such, but like I'll never get rid of them. I'm never gonna. I, I, I might play with them again. I don't know, but like they're they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? So it's 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 amazing just how many how many lives it did touch on on so many different levels. And sadly, there is that flip side of the toxic fan base side of it. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll steer away from that. But we'll mostly, be yeah, we'll, we'll be positive. Um, yeah. But before I waffle on anymore, because I want to get your you know we're gonna want to dive and talk about the trilogy and such itself. I want to and I have. I don't want to, but I, I usually do give the socials a plug and this and that. So, of course, yeah. the podcast is available on rss.com. Uh, jump onto Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast from, it'll be there. Hit like, hit follow, all that jazz, you know. Thank you ever so much if you have done already. Finally, jump onto Facebook and Instagram. Search Joe Blogs About Films. Like us on there. Keep up to date. That would be amazing. Right. That's all of that done. I'm so glad that's a tick box. It's like a little tick box I have. It's like, don't forget the socials. Um, so thank you again, listeners. Right then. Star Wars, the original trilogy. Now, where where to begin, mate, to be honest with you? Like, where do we begin? I should talk about, like, how... Do you remember the first time you ever watched a new... Well, Star Wars, when it was yeah. first come out? Yeah, Star Wars 1, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I am significantly older than you, so we'll start that out. I saw it... So you're talking about going to see it when it re-released in the 90s. I went and saw it when it re-released in the 80s. So um, I was a seven-year-old child watching it, and... Um, the scene in the Death Star where Luke and Leia are, um, are trapped on the bridge yeah. in the cinema, I shouted out, "Jump, Luke, jump!" and the whole place. <laughs> and oh. I've not been allowed to live that one down. Oh, I was a idiot child, so, but, I love uh, it. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, as you said, you talk about the memories you had with your dad doing it. It was me and my yeah. and, and my mum were watching it, and it was. I still remember sitting in the um, the the. the uh, the cinema in Swindon watching it and being absolutely transfixed and yeah. an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes and not moving it and just watching it and being blown away. Yeah. 
that you say where should we start let's start with the opening crawl the iconic opening crawl yeah yeah which That's is three paragraphs of information info dump just drags you in. <laughs> it's I think that's the thing I say from the get-go when it comes to Star Wars is that when you hear that opening note, yeah. after you get the brief pause of a long time, we're going to Galaxy Far, Far Away, you, you hear that note, I don't know, it just it instantly brings like a smile to my face and like, dare I say at times, a little tear in my eye because I think it's just so iconic because, I mean, I, I made notes somewhere along these pages I've got about John Williams' score throughout star yeah. wars but it's just absolutely phenomenal like just phenomenal like, you think about how someone has sat down and, and crafted and created this wonderful piece of music for this film or for, for all the films obviously because most of the star well all of the star wars films and, and so on and such some cracking yeah. work in his career but oh my goodness star wars score is just phenomenal this is the one that takes you home yeah it takes you back to where you were it's um the opening notes it, it's i've only made one note about the music and i've just written iconic yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah. yeah iconic iconic and i think that's the thing as well because with the new hope when it starts it literally just drops you into it's not like any exposition or whatsoever which is what we majorly criticize about with most films these days it's just that just plonks you in the middle of like action let's be honest it is yeah. the best way to to start and to kind of get your audience be like oh okay what's going on here you know this is this is Straight off the bat, a ship's being shot at, and then it you know gets boarded. We're introduced to obviously our our basically the, the the story as it's set to go on, good versus evil, and that is it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. such a perfect way. Obviously, I, I've made separate notes about Vader and such, but were you as terrified in his first entrance when he when he first what made his way through as everyone else was? All the way through, like yeah, yeah, from, yeah step one. And again, um, jumping away from the trailer, but what Rogue One did really well. Was they got that terror that terror back, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as he turns up, um, you get you're like, this big scary figure is he's the worst thing, and yeah. he sounds terrible and he looks terrible, and yeah, seven year old me was pooping themselves, absolutely yeah. terrified by it. So. <laughs> no, he's. Uh, I, I've got notes. I'm kind of. I want to say Vader a little bit to later on to talk a little bit more. Dive. I think that if we stick with the hero side of things, because um, there's. Well, then again, I feel like we're talking for ages and end. But um, I just, I just made a few notes in respect of the, back to like Lucas and what he actually created and stuff, which kind of fits because it, yeah. it. You know, we end. We do go to Tatooine pretty much straight away on the back of C3PO and R2D2. Who, by the way. Like I, I was thinking about this again today, and I'm sorry to come back to it, but they got a right garbage deal in the sequels, didn't they? Like I was like, that's they, they were missing more. They needed more more R2 and C3PO for me. But again, yeah, side uh, side annoyance. Uh, you mentioned C3PO, and he is he's whiny. He's a he's a he's a really whiny character. But in the original trilogy, he served a purpose. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't there to annoy people. Yeah. Whereas in the prequels and the sequels. Uh, the sequels definitely. He was just he was just so oh, just go away. Just, yeah, just you're not making sense. Your actions are not making sense. It was annoying. Whereas in these, in the original, the ones we love, they were really worthwhile. They were they 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 were needed to to forward to move the story on. Well, this is it because uh, if it, it's them that start this whole journey for the Skywalker saga. To be honest with you, obviously they're the, you know R two is the one that's carrying the message from Leia. Yeah, it's just like in the escape pods. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's such a shame what what happened to them in the sequels. But again, we're not here to talk about that. But like you were saying about they fit the purpose. But 
everyone. That's the thing as well in this original trilogy is that every character, not just the main protagonists and our heroes, but everyone that you meet serves a purpose. It's not just kind of, well, there wasn't any fan service then to be honest with you because it was all new kind of thing but it wasn't just like a oh we'll have this person pop up or like they're just in this for a few minutes or cameo from another celebrity you know what i mean there's none of that even like i know that again i know i'm fleeting but i know some people aren't too fussed about ewoks or whatever from endor and such a bit like the whole gimmick with the gungans and that but they i would say that ewoks definitely definitely had more of a purpose than like the gungans and such to be honest you know what i mean it was just it all flowed and works, like I say. It's it's as as George Lucas kept saying. It's like poetry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a finely crafted poem. It is exactly that. I'll talk about the Ewoks when we get later on, but I do have things to say about the Ewoks. Wholly positive. Wholly positive. Good. Good. Well, what I was going to there is obviously I wanted to talk about what was a while ago. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I was saying about Lucas and what he crafted and such. But him working in like, you know, like in Tunisia with the sets and like Tatooine or, you know, with Mos Eisley as well. It just, again, brings to the forefront the whole world that, you know, the creative team, uh, you know, what, they, what they're trying to create and emulate on screen. I, I just... I just really, it is so believable. I, I believe that on both the original trilogy and prequel trilogy as well, when they were creating their sets on Tunisia, they were all destroyed as well by sandstorms. I definitely remember it happening on the prequel trilogy. And I'm so certain it did happen on the original one because they're all like saying it's just like, it's kind of ironic really that Lucas yeah. always would say that the prequel trilogy, sorry, the original trilogy, they rhyme. As I've just stated there, they're like poetry. The same occurrence happening of these, yeah. on the saga, it's almost like, coming full circle in a way but aside from all the ruins and such of the sandstorms like as you see over the course of the three tri- the films themselves the sets get so bigger don't they like the first one a new hope doesn't really have much sets or anything it's all practice it's all practical on location but the yeah. sets just get bigger and bigger as the film go on you can tell they had a bit more money to play with which was so cool especially for like the lightsaber jewel in Empire, this and that, or Jabba's Palace in, in Jedi. But I thought that it, that everyone looked great. Like the costume design, you know, I say with the great practical effects as well that this film really showcased and ran with uh, before Lucas dabbled in special effects fiasco. <laughs> you know, again, that's why this film stands the test of time. I think that's why a lot of films that came out of this era, like you say, your Blade Runner and stuff, that's why they stand so much because they still look really believable. Like you've got a character wearing the prosthetics and makeup. But the, the, the films, most of the best films that involve kind of space, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, as long as they've got some form of fa- like practical effects in there, can't yeah. really go wrong. And if it's done well as well. Yeah, they feel real because they are real. It's, it's as simple as that. You can tell they're in a desert. Yeah. It happens to be Tatooine rather than Tunisia, but yeah. they're in a the desert, you know? So, yeah, you, you believe these characters exist and they it live is, yeah. on that, in their world. Absolutely, absolutely, and and as we touched upon throughout this podcast so far, with the actual Skywalker saga itself, like it is genuinely enthralling. Let's be honest, and you know we're introduced to uh, a young farmer from Tatooine, Luke Skywalker, who lives with his aunt and uncle. However, as a much larger and greater purpose in the galaxy and 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 we the audience we then follow him in becoming a vital part of of bringing peace to the galaxy and also being just a part of the rebel alliance like you know it, it is a really a wonderful story to see this this young chap who is essentially a nobody uh, be part of the resistance in 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 taking down the empire I just I fell in love with Mark Hamill. I don't know about you, but after this, I, you know, as a kid seeing him, I, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Him or Han? Han was cool. Han was yeah. the one. Han was the one that he yeah. had. The, he had the best. He, I mean, he shot first. We know this, 
Oh, um, I was going to come to that. Don't you worry, but he did shoot first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was the cool one. He was the one that that uh, you wanted to be. I wanted to be seven year old me. Wanted to be Han Solo. Um, yeah. but back to Luke. Yeah, you're right. And it feels like it almost feel like he accidentally got involved. He did. Yeah. He didn't go out by the droids. Uncle Owen did. So they had the, the whole conversation about um, they're looking for Obi Wan Kenobi. Do you think it could be Ben Kenobi? His name's <laughs> Kenobi. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the same person. Any more Kenobi's so, around this neighbourhood? <laughs> yeah. just. But yeah. So he accidentally gets involved, and then we see him go from. I say the 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 farmer who doesn't want to be a farmer doesn't know what he wants to be. He wants to be a speed racer like his dad, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, and he goes from that to accidentally getting involved with the biggest story that's going on at the moment, getting yeah. the Empire, the Rebellion, and saving the world, or saving the sorry, the universe. I, I just think that Mark Hamill was such a top... I mean, I, I, I've, I've always liked Luke, but even rewatching it now, it's just that, like, just... just a, it's such, I mean, it's a wonderful human anyways, is Mark Hamill, but I think he yeah. manages to capture every emotion and feeling that Luke has from the very get-go, you know, from, from the frustration of not being allowed to do this or that, to then... You know his acceptance uh, of of you know finding out a pretty big twist reveal that your dad's actually the big bad of this whole yeah. galactic empire, which is absolutely you know w- earth and world shattering. I should say. I think that Hamill just really showcased every every emotion of that. Um, yeah, I, I love him anyways, and and yeah, I, I still love Luke Skywalker to this day. Yeah, I I cannot I cannot disagree with you about the growth of well a how good mark hamill is absolutely yeah. brilliant um and going and as you say he went from that that teenager confused by everything and that point um in cloud city in empire where he finds out that that's oh. his dad that's brilliant that's tra- we're transfixed by it by, by everything that happened and that's where he grows up you see that's where he grows up with like the stuff happened in Dagobah, and he was still not quite there, and then that happens, and you and he loses his hand, and you go, "This is this is amazing." It was such a fantastic performance from Hamill. I love the story as well about when he found out the twist. Obviously, there was only three people that knew. I can't remember, but there was obviously George Lucas knew a certain producer knew, and I'm terrible. I can't remember the name, but obviously, and then Mark Hamill was told he came. I think it's on Graham Norton show. If you've not seen the clip, watch it on YouTube. But they basically said to him, they were like, "I know it. George Lucas knows it, and now you know it. So if this leaks, we know it's you that's done it, kind of thing." And um, it, yeah, even he couldn't believe the the, the twist that, that that was going to happen, and um, he had to keep it secret for over for over. I think it was about a year. He had to not tell anyone. He couldn't didn't tell Carrie Fisher, didn't tell Han, uh, Han Solo, didn't tell Harrison Ford rather. Um, yeah. It's a great little clip. I don't want to ruin it because I'll butcher it. But if you do listen, if you've not seen it, I'm, I'm sure you may have done. But again, do check it out because it's a fantastic story. Very, very funny. And again, just showcasing like how lovely Mark Hamill is, really. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, great, great guy. But I always find it interesting as well to know that like Luke Skywalker's name was meant to be or originally was Luke Starkiller. Um, uh, like, yeah. And all the way through the production, that was the name that was being used as to... The working title was the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Starkiller, um, but Luke has changed it to Skywalker as Starkiller gave off the wrong impression and overall vibe of the character, which totally makes sense. Yeah, and it's a little on the nose, bearing in mind he does kill two Death Stars. So he does, like, yeah, 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 he does. Has a hand, at least definitely has. It destroys one, has a hand in the second one. Absolutely, yeah. yeah he's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's not the only time that Lucas would change things about obviously with names or titles because return of the jedi was meant to be called revenge of the jedi yes um, I know 
and then they changed return again same kind of connotations where a jedi wouldn't really go out for revenge but i thought it worked really well because then he got to use revenge for revenge of the sith which works perfectly yes because the siths are that's what they yeah revenge of the evil. Yeah. yeah yeah that's what they're very good at clearly from yeah. anakin's story but we're not here to talk about that <laughs> but like again we, you know with, with skywalker like lucas really gives the audience like as much as we need to know about the character's through actions rather than as we've spoke about exposition like straight away we already know that that's not going to be this kind of film if anything the opening crawl was the exposition dump and that's just kind of setting you up for where we're at at this particular moment but as i've stated there you only have to watch half an hour of the film well first five minutes or whatever to know who were the good guys and who were the bad guys like literally um as we spoke about with that incredible entrance but i i just really I just really like how it all transpires to, you know, Luke meeting the likes, as we say, Obi-Wan and Han Solo, like, you know, Han giving off his charm as well. Like he's the, you know, the one that needs money and that he's in debt to someone else. Like it's, it's, it's stuff like they do with the characters, like all the way through the script where it's like not having someone sat there going, this is why they're doing this or this is why they are like they are. It's literally through every action and what they're speaking that, that we do learn about these characters. And I think that's why we love them so much to say it's not, we don't have to be spoon fed everything. That's it. Yeah. We get the exposition dumped out of the way with the, with the crawl, the three paragraphs tells us where we need to be and what's going, where we're going and then bang, everything else is forward doing it. It's going, it's happening. We've got to yeah. blow that moon up because of this bang. We're done. It's like simple as that. So... Simple as that. Simple as that. And I think that, I think because of the the nature of what is happening and, and this grand picture of you know taking down this this evil obviously being Darth Vader in the Empire that's the one that the audience can really get behind. It's a simple premise. I, I I do find it remarkable that before Star Wars was about to release, we'll come back to the point I was going to make in a second. But in terms of like what Lucas was going through when he was making it, that he was so nervous. He just he he, he just said it was going to flop didn't he he genuinely was like this is going to flop to the point where i think because he'd shown like a few editors or whoever a first like mock-up of it and they were like this is actually what you're doing kind of thing like this is this is silly um that the he and he was that that nervous and concerned about it flopping that he and he and um so lucas and spielberg went off for like a weekend away like somewhere like a cabin uh, and they came up with um, Indiana Jones. That's where they created Indiana Jones in this weekend away because Lucas was so much like, this is not, I, I can't, career's going to be in tatters kind of thing. That yeah. um, he just didn't want anything to do with it. And then you think about the amount of money that it did end up making. I, I, I just love to have been a fly up wall in those kind of conversations because I say it's, it's such a fantastic story, one that audiences can really root behind, as I'm saying, this good versus evil. Simple as that. You know, as long as you've got a good character to get behind, great. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I just find it remarkable that he was so adamant it was going to flop. You know, like he, he I don't think he, um, I don't, th- I don't know if he went to the premiere at all. Uh, I could be misspeaking mis- there, but I know that definitely the weekend it came out, he was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but and yeah, the first one, A New Hope, is literally that. It is you got the the good character, or you got the, the set of good characters, you got the bad character, and the, the set of good characters need to blow up the bad character. There's nothing more to it, and it's about yeah. how they get there. Um, it becomes more complex as you go through, but that very first one, New Hope, is all about, it's quite simply, black is black and white is white. It's as yeah. simple as that, and, and that's, and that's we got to get, the good guys have got to be the bad guys, and, and they do, which is the, great. And, and we, we, we go home happy. We do, exactly. I think that's the... That's that's what's great about start the new hope is that it ends on the heroes winning, 
And then to flip it on his head like Lucas did, obviously with with Empire, and to have well, actually the the, the good guys lose like this is like I would say that up until Avengers: Infinity War, in terms of like pop culture and films like that, we never really get to see our any heroes losing kind of big films, do we? So this was like the big one because not only do they lose at the end, but we you know we also have that earth shattering, as I've already stated, you know, twist of. Darth Vader is, in fact, Luke Skywalker's father. It's like everything just seems to be completely against him. I mean, even that lightsaber battle at the end, Vader states clearly to him, like, the Force is strong with you, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet, and then hands his ass to him yeah. <laughs> for, like, the remainder of the film. It's like, it, it's such a, a pivot, like you say, it's a pivotal moment. You said earlier that it's the, that moment of love for Luke anyways, on the back of what he's gone through on Dagobah with Yoda, that's when he grew up, that's when he had to... That's when he had to become a Jedi Knight when he had to be the only hope for Obi-Wan and Yoda. Um, mm. And I think, again, that's why Empire has got so many fantastic moments, but I think that, all in all, is why it's everyone's favourite, because of the the weight and the scope of it is is, is really huge, that one. Yeah, it it, it, it changes the way we... It, it changes the, the course of the story, because we're happy at the end of the first one, and, and we've had we've had troubles in the first one. Yeah. So you go and watch it, you're thinking, yeah, they're going to have troubles, but Luke's going to win, yeah. uh, or, or Han's going to get out of of the of the carbonite. Something is going to happen, yeah. and then it doesn't happen. And even though you've got you again, you've got that that touch of hope with them watching um, the Millennium Falcon go off with uh, Lando and Chewie. Even though you've got that, and you've got him with, with his arm around there, you still think, I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah, are we, are we losing? Are we losing it now? And and yeah, and and you can't wait for for Jedi to come out at that point because you want to see what happens next. Yeah, it, it, it's such a it's a, it leaves leaves it on such a good. Uh, it's not really a cliffhanger, but it's a good ending to then set us up for obviously what's coming Jedi. But you know, just just coming back to obviously within Empire and such and Luke, like the the journey and the character right from within that is again it's. I think it just shows you the the naivety of Luke at this point. Like it's almost like, right, you, here's your lightsaber, here's your X-wing, off you pop. To him, he's like, well, I'm I'm good to go. Then I know I've lost Ben Kenobi, and um, yeah, I'm going to see him as a Force ghost, as like guidance and that. But you know, I, I feel that because my when, when I was growing up, I, I distinctly remember again really loving the the, the whole Dagobah uh, sequence with Yoda because. I think a the set is absolutely fantastic, but again, I think that really just showed, as you say there, like that there was still a long way to go for Luke. I say that like I knew that when I was a kid. I just loved it because it had a little tiny green man in it and it yeah. had doing lots of training. But now, obviously, looking at it, you, you can you just sense like I mean, Yoda says to him straight away like when when after he's pulled up Luke's X wing. Um, and Luke's like, I don't believe it. It's like that's why you fail. It's like from then on, it's we should, as the audience, should really know. Obviously, we do know that that's how it pans out. That he isn't, he's not ready. He's, he's, he can't. He obviously doesn't appreciate or understand the magnitude and powerfulness of Darth Vader. Um, you know, after a few spells of training with Yoda, you're not, you're not there yet, mate. Like, calm down, kind of thing. Like, I, 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 I would say that it just showcased again that that naivety. Uh, yeah. for Luke to think he can just go off and, and try and save his friends. Like, they're telling him, like, him, you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan's Force Ghost, like, you've got to stay, even if it means sacrificing him, like, you've got to complete your training to fulfil this uh, this this prophecy, almost, that you are the almost the, the, the chosen one, the hope, you know, as Anakin yeah. should have been in the first yeah. part of the story. And, <laughs> and side note on that one, moving it to more up-to-date stuff, it's the same, they gave him the same choice that Luke gives... Um, 
in the in um in, in Book of Boba, doesn't he? Choose yeah. your choose your friends or choose the part, and both of them chose their friends. So we're, we're going to see what happens in that with that one, aren't we? So yeah, uh, I'm parallel. That's why Dave Filoni's a genius as well. So yeah, it's nice having someone who really loves and cares for Star Wars behind it. I'm not saying that you know JJ or Rihanna or anyone like that didn't. It's just that um yeah, Dave Filoni's a a genius, isn't he? Yeah, 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 we're being positive. Remember, <laughs> being positive. Yes, yes, but yeah, with it, with the, with the fight sequence of Empire, like the, the lightsaber duel in that one, like there's, I, I just love the different levels of that fight. Um, there was only ever going to be one winner, as we just spoke about there. That, that Vader would, you know, as I've said, just absolutely just show him who's who's boss. You know what I mean? Like it's there's so much to it. You know, starting off the fight, you know, in the in the actual area where the carbon the the carbonite freezing Milark is yeah. all set up and. The color palette in that as well, that black and orange and a blue tinge, just oh, yeah. it's just remarkable. Like the setup, and I just love that silhouette of Vader at the top of the stairs in Empire as he's like talking before they do start the the fights. And I know that the the, the lightsaber battles aren't as extravagant or you know kind of you know nice nicely done or look just look great compared to the prequels or the sequels, but there's still something really like it's kind of it does there's a lot of you know with, with star wars inspiration through like samurai and stuff like that it does feel like a bit of honor in in there as well with, with the fighting rather than just kind of swishing and swashing lightsabers at each other <laughs> that's it it's i mean because again when the prequels came out you had all the stuff about yoda bouncing around like a rubber ball doing it and i much prefer the originals because yeah. as you say it's nice and simple it's two men Going at each other, fighting two actors, just having a go, and and you you believe that like, it starts from the first one when you got um, uh, Obi Wan and, and Darth Vader going yeah. at it, and then being absolutely devastated when he just lets his lightsaber go. Yeah, he? yeah, like just sacrifice happened. himself for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just again, it's 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 the it's the beauty, it's the the, the simplicity, the beauty of simplicity. Yeah, is that's what, it. Is what is what it all is, and it's what the prequels couldn't do and what the sequels definitely didn't do because mm. they've got a hundred million pound budget, whatever it is, they're going to spend that money and they're going to yeah. try and polish that um, as much as they can. And it doesn't work when you <laughs> see how, how beautiful the original is. I will say though, that like uh, the prequels are still great. Like the, the lightsaber battles in the prequels, they are absolutely visually stunning. Like I, I, I can't I mean again I know they're completely different styles and such and kind of almost like how the Jedi's used to fight and now we could argue that by the time the original trilogy comes round there's not many Jedi well there isn't is there let's be honest so I guess that they're still yeah. kind of yeah, yeah we're, we're like we're learning to fight again almost but um no because I mean that that's a question for you and, and for listeners is that what would you say is the the greatest lightsaber duel because I yeah, always yeah. I mean, while you're having to think, I mean, I I think I've said that. I think Jewel of the Fates with Darth Maul is it. it I I have a t- I, I was trying to rank these the other day. Actually, I was chatting to one of my friends about it, and I was because I've had this debate loads of times, and I always go for Jewel of the Fates because I think it's phenomenal. But um, Empire Jewel of the Fates, and um, I can't remember the exact name for Episode Three's, you know, Skywalker uh, Obi Wan lightsaber yeah. at Mustafar. It's like Fall of the Heroes or something like. That. I can't remember. Um, that one. They're my top three, anyways. Yeah, see, I think the problem with the Jewel of the Fates is that <clears throat> it's the way it ends. It's the way it ends mm. that, yeah, that he, because, and again, and talking about the one on, on Mustafa, I have the high ground. Well, Darth Maul had the high ground, and that did not help him. <laughs> that is um, true. You are true. Uh, so, again, 
yeah, I'd probably. I'd, again, I'm an original trilogy fan, so I'd, I'd go with 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 the the dark one. Yeah, the dark one. I mean, because, it's, it's iconic. It's iconic at so many levels. Like, yeah, and it, and it's not just the fight. It's it's the, as you say, the movement. You you made a great point about how it moves to different places. Yeah, start off in the carbonite thing, and then Luke flies out of it, and yeah, that that's like, well, okay, that's. I think I've got a fight on my hands. Or more of a fight than I thought. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I love I love that moment in the uh, in the Empire lightsaber battle where um, he's like kind of pushing Luke further and further into the hole. He falls in, and then yeah. he says like "all too easy" or whatever. Right? He's something like that. Yeah. And he like he's. I just love that sass from Vader. He's like, "Yep, job done." And obviously, it kind of it carries on. We know, but I just love that he, he as he says like maybe I underestimated you or whatever. I, it's just there's so much to it, and I, I think as well that that shows that level of malevolence behind Vader because he, he knows that this is his son. He's fighting of it all the way through this point. He knows this and to toy with him as much as he does, um, even yeah. chopping off his arm as well. I'll teach you. I go to your room. There's no supper. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's, there's something wicked there um, that I, I really dig. I just think that, like you said, all of this battle between, uh, between Vader and Obi-Wan, Vader and uh, Luke in the, uh, yeah, yeah at Cloud City, it is, it's one of my favourite parts. I mean, one of the things that I always kind of forget about is the pace of the films, just on a, a bit of a side note, they're so good. They are so dead on. Like, there's not a moment when you watch the original trilogy and you're bored, like, at all. I was like, yeah, I can't, I was, I, if anything, I was always surprised to be at the next sequence. I was like, what, we're, we're here already? Like, all right, okay, this has been great. Yeah. But I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I mean, again, these days we've got very short attention spans. We're always looking at other things. <laughs> something happening. At no point, do you take you can you take your eye off the screens if you do you're going to miss something mm, so yeah. yeah and it gets to the place where you need to get quickly accurately it's really it's it is well paced it's really well done yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we're fans we're not going to be bored by them um but they they take a stick really yeah. well it it um, is awesome and and i just love lucas exploring this galaxy as well like you know like like say seeing your endor seeing your hoff just seeing all these different locations and such and setups for for set pieces and actions to take place on i think that is again what draws you in that it allows you then to to enjoy these moments you know like when luke's on dagobah and he's having those kind of just quieter conversations with yoda and stuff like you're feeling it you're in it you're involved because again of this whole world that lucas has been building and, and creating as the story goes on it's Again, I, I, this is funny because it's like the only time I'll ever praise George Lucas as much as I probably will ever do. Like, it's great. Yeah. It's really good. It's nice. It's weirdly great in a, in a cathartic kind of way to be talking this nicely about him because why can't you just release a Blu-ray edition or 4K edition of the original Star Wars, mate? Like, without your special effects, just give us what we want. Yeah. No, you, yeah, I mean, however we feel about George Lucas these days, he is responsible for the three. Yeah. The greatest trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I said that this is it. Yeah, um, the greatest trilogy, absolutely. Yeah. But let's put. Oh, sorry, Karen. Yeah. I just gonna... it meant there may have been other people who had their hands in it to make sure he didn't run away with himself. Yeah. But the idea came from him, and he was the brains behind it, and he's got to get all the love for that. He has, yeah. I think it's funny that obviously Empire and Jedi weren't directed by him. Um, mm. I can't remember. There was a clause or something. I cannot remember what it was exactly, but he couldn't direct them. But it was one of those where, like, 
he wasn't the director, but he was the director. Like he yeah. definitely he as you say he oversaw it. He was the director. Like that. Yeah. It's let's 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 not be let's not be coy. But anywho, we'll put a pin in Luke for a second. Obviously, Invader because they've got obviously well they're the they're the the, the two main dogs should we say? Because yeah. I want to just obviously come to admire uh, Carrie Fisher, who obviously was everyone's princess wasn't she she was uh again yeah. iconic in the role so sadly missed from you know the, the 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 cinema world and such and yeah it was really bittersweet wasn't it with the whole you know tributes and, and how they respected her in rise of skywalker um but i love watching going back and watching her in this original trilogy um she owned this character like she was she just had this like tenaciousness and strength that like really made a character unlike any other female lead that we'd seen before. Um, I, I think yeah. about, you know, you think about it came out in 1977, having a princess that's not a damsel in distress or anything like that was, again, such a such a bold move and a great move from Lucas. Um, you know, the get-go, yeah. the, the confidence, the attitude that she's got, like, she's she just takes no crap from anyone. Like, whether it's Vader or not, literally, she's like, I'm not having any of this. Like, it's... Uh, it's just great, and that's something that always runs with the character. She butts heads with Han on several occasions in the story. Yeah. She's in charge of herself, and no one will tell her otherwise, you know? Yeah, it, it'd be really easy to focus on just how stunning she looks, because she's yeah. beautiful. But the first time we see her, yeah, you actually say, she's up against eight-foot-tall Darth Vader, and she's five-foot-nothing, yeah. whatever. And she's not taking a step back. She's in his face. You're, you've got yeah. the wrong person. I'm not who you think I am. I'm just yeah. an ambassador. You're wrong. And he tortures her to get the main, and it doesn't work. It's amazing how just how strong the character is. And, it really and, is. And, and that's the first time you see her. And every and every other thing, she's responsible for getting into the into the garbage chute, which for, yeah. for whatever that was worth, that still gives me nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that it's her that saves them. Like when they're in that shootout, it's her that comes up with the plan to go down to the garbage chute. If she hadn't done that, then. You know the heroes would might have obviously probably would have been defeated there and then, but yeah, like I said, there's this strength to the character that she, you know, like she she's she's so like up for the fight, you know, and that she isn't scared to upset anyone with her opinions or her viewpoints. Like if it's for the for the for the for the greater good and for the the, the fight against the empire, that's what comes first, you know. That is what is a priority with with Leia, and she's got obviously such a. Uh, a bigger motive for that as well by having a you know whole planet destroyed in Alderaan, which Vader does is just like a, you know look what we can do kind of thing. Um, there is argument to say that she probably reacted in a pretty chill way about that happening, but that's just that's just the seventies storytelling. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's get over that and just carry on and get to the end, get to the next scene. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah, uh, and you know we touched upon the, the the dynamic that she has with Han, like. I would say that their relationship is extremely believable. Um, it, how it blossoms and blooms over the course of, you know, the 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 course of the trilogy. Sorry, I should say. Um, yeah. You know, we, we it's very natural. I think that they have great humorous moments. You know, with that. You know, especially um, you know, in Return of the Jedi when they're attacking the base with the Ewoks. So that there's some there's some yeah. great some great comedic moments there. Or even obviously in Empire when they're on Hoth at the start and such like. I like that it was it was building and bubbling from then to the point when obviously Han is frozen in carbonite. It is it's not only gut wrenching for for her as the character, but for us as the audience because we're like rooting for these two characters. You know, it's 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 a very yeah. so it's a good tragedy that Lucas uh, threw upon us. It is, and that moment that moment is 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 one of the iconic moments, isn't it? I love you. I know. I know. <laughs> and then that gets. The, the callback in Jedi, 
with, yeah. with hands to her. Yes. I love you. And I, and I know. And I'm like, yes, that's it. That's the way. That's the way that this relationship, that's where, where it ends for us, isn't it? That, we, we've got it now. We've got it. It's, it's full circle. We love it. We love it. Exactly. So. That's it. And, and, I think that that line was actually improvised, I think, by Harrison Ford, if I'm being honest. You know, the, I, I think if I'm correct in thinking, the I know, I think it was. But yeah, I, I just think that Leia, like, she, obviously we find out as well that she is, um, you know, Luke's sister as well, which, I mean, that opens up a whole doorway of like, what, what? When obviously we find, we see the kiss, obviously, that they have in Empire, but we're not going to die. I've always known. Well, then why did you just, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. We're not going there. We're not going there. <laughs> Oh, I, again, that kind of adds on to that thing of uh, the relationship with Han, wasn't it? It was like, uh, oh, you yeah. think you know it, or you think you're Mister, like, oh, everything. Actually, you can't, you know, you can't just get all the or something, all the girls. You know, what I mean, it's it's something. Yeah. It's just kind of a way of kind of brushing hands, uh, hands, brushing hand off a little bit, isn't it? But it's yeah. it's a bit icky. It's a, it's not just a bit icky. It's very icky. Let's be honest. It's very icky. But that's one of the, again. That's one of the ones where we're going. Yeah, let's let's ignore that happened. There's countless videos talking about how weird that is. We, we yeah. don't need to do that here. Nah, no, nah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but we, we touched upon it earlier, and we've spoken about Han as well, but I, I, as I mentioned earlier, that aside from Luke, I would say that Han is up there as like my favourite Star Wars character, um, as he is for probably most fans, that yeah. just this, this, this fantastic smuggler... Uh, cocky attitudes of I'll always get out of this situation. Like he's great, you know. Talks a good talk, does he? Does Han and I love that vibe that he gives off and that energy. And I think that he's always making himself out to be someone that he isn't. Um, mm. You know, but again, he has a he has a greater purpose in this. I think that's driving him throughout. Which again comes back to that good versus evil theme that he knows. Again, from all his actions or whatever, he does know who's whose side he should be on like because deep down he's a good person you know the, yeah. the, the but the change and journey for han and for us to watch him in the film i think is a really good one i think it's great it's um it's it's again it's one of the standout moments from the new hope isn't it when he goes away and comes back and you know yeah. you're, and you're like the, the minute that you see that the the two tie fighters invader ship get get blown off you're suddenly like Oh yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is this is a great moment, and you're just you're punching the air. You're punching yeah. the air more than you blow up the Death Star because you're just going yes, hands back. And he's 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 not let his friends down. It's and the note that because you're talking about um, the various journeys of the characters, it's the fact that Han yeah Han's gone from being a self-obsessed smuggler very quickly in the grand scheme of things to realizing Luke's his best friend. Like and yeah, like, and and he's and it's his job. Right at the start, right at the start of the first part of the trilogy and the second part is to protect Luke. Yeah. And then that switches around, obviously, at the start of Jedi, where um, Luke saves Han. And that's where that relationship checks in. James it's, slightly. It that's is a beautiful. Now I know you owe me one. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's so, again, natural. You know, it's, it's, a, it's perfect storytelling uh, and, and character development and depth. For us as the audience to again fully get behind this 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 core uh, these core characters of the story, um, you, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. You know, as you mentioned, they're going from a, a selfish money grabbing smuggler to then a significant figure aiding um, Luke and the and the rebellion defeat the Empire. It is just just so good to 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 yeah. watch for this character. Like I like I was watching Jedi again today, and like again when touch on Endor again and that, but I absolutely love. Or I, I, this, that's for me is like Hannah is best. You know what I mean? Like as in 
everything looks so much fun and you want to be his friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you know, it's, gonna, it's not going to be boring. You know you're going to have a laugh. Yeah. And you might get shot. Yeah, but you're gonna have fun with it. It's just gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a thrill ride, isn't it? But... I just think as well, like what aids and makes Han even better is that obviously he has a fantastic relationship with with Chewie, with Chewbacca, who again is an iconic figure and staple in the Star Wars uh, world and law, this and that, whatever. Big fan favorite. Um, yeah. I, I think it works so well that you have a this all this works quite well in a lot of films that we've seen over the years, and, and Star Wars is one of the many to do this. But having someone that like Han only understanding what the monster or alien or whatever he's saying, like with Chewie in this front, this this species, I should say, sorry. I think that works so well as well because you get so many like comedic lines with that. Like you don't have to hear what Chewie's saying. It's in the response or like what, what the line is, I should say, from yeah. Han that that you're like, oh, this is that, that Chewie's having a laugh with him or Chewie's kind of like just making a dig at him. It just all of yeah. that works really well. And it's, it's again, it's, it's not, the, it is the same, but not the same, but it, the banter and the interactions with 3PO as well absolutely tremendous it just makes like it just makes him such a more likable character that like i say not having this constant seriousness which a lot of characters do and rightly so in this in the film you know you'd be evaders and emperors and this and that it'd be a bit strange if they were cracking jokes but you know to have to have that kind of comic relief but not in a a, an overkill way i think was 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 just captured perfectly yeah no you've hit the nail on the head there he's he's definitely a character he does bring some levity to it, but without it being just joke telling, it's just his outlook on life. You've got to take it a bit less less seriously. And he has the laugh with Chewie, and and, and Chewie's a great character, as you say, yeah. with the the growling and stuff. He's the um, I suppose Groot is the is the modern day one, isn't he? With that is say, a good shout, actually. Yeah, that is a very good shout. Yeah, yeah. But it's and the stuff you just wish you could understand Chewie because the way that Han reacts to him is like. Well, we just said something really, really funny there, or really, really cutting. Yeah, he's not a walking carpet. He's he's a he's a very smart. <laughs> visual, That's it. You know? Did you know that um, Han Solo was set to appear in early drafts for Star Wars Episode Three? He was meant to appear in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, it was going to be revealed, I think, that he uh, was going to be on Kashyyyk and was being raised by Chewbacca, um, and he would also help Yoda um, locate General Grievous. Uh, and I think there's some concept art knocking about of a 10-year-old Han Solo that was drafted up, but uh, uh, Lucas just decided to just take him out um, very just early on, I think. But I, yeah. I think that that would, again, been a bit too fancy. But then again, I'd have preferred that than that garbage Solo film that we got. So I'm still waiting for the podcast on that. Uh, so. just, just, you've been waiting for a long time. i tell you what, we'll, you do that one with me. We'll do Solo together. It'll be a... A different perspective. Who's right and who's wrong? Brackets. Joe is always right. This film is terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're wrong. I don't think it's any. I don't think it's any good. But with this one, we're being wholly positive. That one, you'll see the. You'll see the dark side. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Would I? Jesus Christ. Anyways, um, I want to jump to. I want to come back, kind of full circle, yeah. and, and talk about Luke and and more so Vader. This side of the coin or this this segment because. One of the cinema's greatest big bads, let's be honest. His presence is massive. He is felt across the galaxy and then some, and it just comes straight off the screen, as we've already said. Like the the introduction, iconic, yeah. terrifying. You get everything you need to know about this character. This big just presence on screen is just absolutely, my goodness. And, and the outfit, the costume, which is so iconic, his breathing, which still haunts many folk. Uh, yeah. He is a fantastic villain. Yeah, it's um, it feels like when he first comes on, he's twice the size of everybody else. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and you know that he's not 
in in in, a, in an amazingly bright environment, and he's just darkness. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I think this is the bad guy. Um, <laughs> and you've got you've got the you've got the breathing. You've got James Earl Jones's voice, which again is perfect for the character. Yeah, um, and but then you do see one of the first things you see is him facing off against Leah and not dominating her. Yeah. Then you see him going off and facing off against the Admiral and doing his Jedi mind trick and always squeezing the life out of them. And then you're even you're terrified again. And it's almost like every time you see him, he's he's going to terrify you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the way through. I think I wrote that down as well, like with about he has like no issues in force choking whoever should they disobey or fail him. Like the amount of men <laughs> that are just disposed of working under him, you know, like when when Han and Co, they escape or whoever, you know, the next thing you know, the person's, when he's there, like, I'll inform Lord Vader, and you're like, yep, everyone else yeah. is there, like, nudging them, being like, he's, he's gone, mate. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just on the floor. You're, like, you're up next. That's yeah. What it's good. It, you just see the body hit the floor, it's like, apologies accepted, Admiral. And it's like, literally just this cold, calculated villain. Like, I think he is so, so, like I say, it's just almost like, He's, he, it seems that he's undefeatable. Like from 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 the outset, from looking on the outside, looking in. Obviously, mm. he has so much power with within this empire. Obviously, I know that if you if you take an even bigger step back, he is just a puppet for for Palpatine. Obviously, for, to do his mm. to do his bidding, but he is still this big boss. You know, this like I I always refer to big bads at times, the, the good ones, anyways, as like like a really big end of level boss, you know, from games and such yeah. that you've got to defeat. Like he does seem you need all the lives in the world to be able to take it all unlocked, all your special gizmos and gadgets to take this person down. But ultimately it's the light and the good within him that, that obviously defeats him. That's again, the irony of that is that it's his love for his son, his daughter, obviously the family that drives him then to stop the emperor that, that, you know, something that, Obi-Wan Kenobi had alluded to within, you know, Return of the Jedi, saying when he was chatting to Luke that if the Emperor knew, or anyone knew, that Vader had an offspring, that would have destroyed the Emperor, like, pretty much, because that's his undoing. So um, I do I do love that. With, with, with And this is the thing, this is why, this is why, again, he's a good villain, is that there's, there's complexity within there, there's layers, there's depth, there's not just, like, a... The, the 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 famous quote that I like to use as well is, he's not two-dimensional, you know what I mean? It's not just about those you know breathing noises his presence there's more to him um and I, again very very well thought out villain from from lucas and co yeah because again you talk talk about the journey but the first film he is uh and this is not a criticism he is two-dimensional he is yeah, bad yeah guy. yeah but it's then when you find that when you do realize that okay luke skywalker is his son and he realizes that and he's still trying to get luke onto his side but yeah. there's a chink of light, isn't there, at that point? And you suddenly start thinking, and Luke sees it. That's what Luke's driving for. Yeah. I'm going to turn you back. And then that's what obviously pays off at the end. That he does, Well, you see Luke getting fried by, by the <laughs> Emperor. And that that clicks something in, in Anakin. Yeah. And it makes him go, I'm not a bad guy. You can't do that to my son. Yeah. I'm, I'm chucking you off a... I almost... I, I look as well, because when I was rewatching Jedi today, because obviously we know that... And again, obviously, this is this is not more details post the films coming out. But the whole thing when Palpatine's and, and you know antagonizing and, and trying to get Luke to strike him down and such and you know become more powerful this and that. Like we know that obviously, apparently that's because as they reveal in the sequels, if you strike Palpatine down, he'll then kind of 
all his Sith energy will then transfer into that person that struck struck him down, and then they yeah. become like a bigger bad Sith or whatever crap they came up with. Um, yeah. But in this, when you think about it in that in the front, or you just, or even if you just take it in the moment, Luke goes to strike him down, and it's almost like I would say this is just from a rewatch and re, re you know uh, mm-hmm. another another perspective. I think Vader stops him to stop Luke becoming what he became. To not to protect the Emperor, but to protect Luke. Yeah, that's, that's how I great, see it. That's a great shout. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. It's because as a kid, I just see it as the start of the battle. He's been wound up, he's been wound up, he's been wound up. Luke's going to, you know, and then Vader's like, I'm, I'm protecting my master. I don't yeah. think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's to stop him j- just from joining, uh, well, becoming, like I said, the Sith that, that Anakin was, or is. Hmm. There's arguments that could flaw that point because he does keep antagonizing. Like Vader, you know, keeps having a back and forth from doesn't he saying like, "Oh, well, I'll try and get your sister to join if you're not going to join this and that." So I don't know. Like I, maybe again, you could argue that he was just playing up to the end. I don't know, but I, 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 I think just from rewatching it, that's how I view it. Anyways, I think it's it's him stopping his son from going down the same path that he what he went. Almost like a like an automatic reaction, like somewhere yeah. in the, the back of his mind. Yeah. Even though he, even though ninety nine percent of him wants him to to like, wants Luke to become a Sith, yeah. there's a small part that doesn't. So he's not going to let that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can try. Um, you never know. Who knows? Know, yeah. so that's just that's just from a, a podcaster's perspective. It's not gospel listeners, so don't lynch me for it. <laughs> yeah, because that one. No, this is it. This, this, that, that, that comment could easily annoy some fandom somewhere in the Star Wars world. Like, what's he on about? This guy, he's an idiot. Like, but no, it's just my, just on a, on a kind of another perspective, another viewpoint. I would say of of, of watching Jedi, anyways. Um, but again, you know, we're talking about Vader and that, and and the depth and the the layers to him. Like, he he fully believes that he is right. If we take you know take aside obviously the the, the stuff to do with Luke and this and that, he has in in his weird Sithy ways. He has brought peace to the galaxy. I say peace, but he's brought peace to him in the galaxy, you know. And if anyone's going to try and disrupt that, he will stop them. That's it, you know. That's what he craved for, obviously, that we learn in the prequels. It's not what the Emperor's kind of planted that seed in. But we see all of this time and time again about him just stopping any opposition. Um, but I, I think that, that there's that thing now of he has gone, he's so far gone, um, you know, as, as Obi Wan puts it, that he is more machine now, that I think that he. Has lost what he believes in is what I'm trying to get at there. That he's saying, Star obviously believes that he's right, but I think he's so lost in all of that that he can't see what he's actually become. It's only until he finds out that he's got a son, um, that that you know his his, his priorities, like any father would, they ultimately change. Then he yeah. wants Luke by his side through the galaxy, rather than you know he, he wants them to rule the galaxy as father and son, um, yeah. you know, rather than be working under the Emperor. Um, it's uh, again, it's 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 it's, it's, an, it's a great approach to the character. I felt. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying there. It's um, he's definitely the, the character changes from 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 episode four to episode six, and he and he grows, and again terrifying throughout. But he's the only one who can be Palpatine. Um, yeah. Nobody else is powerful enough, and as you said that. Um, the, the feeling that he's unbeatable. He is that video game boss that you can't beat because yeah. nobody can beat him. He 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 dies sacrificing himself, not because anybody beat him. You know, it's like yeah. um, if he hadn't turned, if he hadn't turned back to the, the the light side, then we'd be in a, living in a Darth Vader world right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it does it does sadden me that 
when you watch the original trilogy and you see how it ends, it's I love the ending of Jedi and it's all everyone's happy and dancing, the music's glorious, like it's just wonderful. Um, it does kind of pain me to know that like in a few years Luke's gonna balls all this up, <laughs> like and Kylo Ren's gonna be born and then all this is gonna happen. It's just I don't know. It, it takes the sting out of it a little bit, um, but I try not to. I try not to dwell. Yeah, it's again, it's leave well enough alone, isn't it? Yeah. We, we're not talking about the sequels. No, <laughs> but no, you're, it, absolutely, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just think again, it's 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 that thing of of Luke and Vader. Like I I, I love that moment with the I I love the costume design as well. It's a kind of relevant point that all the way through Jedi, Luke is wearing black head to toe when we first. First, see him when he enters Jabba's palace. He's got his hood up, like he's got a black cloak on with a hood up, much like a mm. Sith looks like. All the way through, he looks like a Sith. Obviously, I know he's got his green lightsabers kind of a juxtaposition and whatnot uh, with the color and such. But all the way through, it's kind of like leaning. And and we already know, as we spoke about, he, he's kind of dealing with that dilemma and uh, in a turmoil of of what should he do, what's right. He can't. He doesn't want to kill his dad, but he don't want to let them win either. But he doesn't want to join them. So it's kind of like he's got all these different emotions, like conflicting feelings that. Could he? Could he turn to the dark side? You know, by the end, could he turn? And then mm. by the end of the film, after his father saved him and the emperor's been defeated, hmm, defeated air quote, um, <laughs> that he's dragging his dad obviously to try and get him safety. But his his outfit, like the 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 collar, I don't the front of his of his black attire, anyways, is kind of peeled yeah. open and peeled over, revealing it's white underneath. And that's the light coming out again, much like again, like I say, with with Vader as well, taking off his helmet and such. It's, yeah. It all just fits perfectly. But I do like that decision, that costume design of having kind of you thinking, is he, is he gonna? Would he turn? Would he not turn? Um, yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, that was a really good. Uh, really, I forgot what I what I was saying before that, but I managed to go on a bit of a tangent about light and dark there. I think so. What was I saying before? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well I was thinking about the um, the the seductive power of the. Um, of the dark side as well because yeah. obviously vader um the reason why vader was uh was so powerful and so so putting his putting his um his he wasn't hedging his bets he knew he was going to be able to look how seductive the dark side was and that's what obi-wan said at the start yeah. is it's a, like it, that's what happened to your father uh or to vader he got seduced by the dark side and that's the uh, like your father's dead in a certain point yeah. of view it, um, yeah a certain point of view. I'm like, I love that response from Luke. It's so, she's literally like, you dick. Because yes. <laughs> we're all thinking that. We're all the heck. <laughs> A certain point of view. What are you talking about, you liar? <laughs> oh, God. I did. I, yeah, I love that response and uh, that interaction. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it is, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those where. I, I, I just love Vader, even him having the turmoil as well, you know, when they're in that conversation and when at the end of Return of the Jedi, when Luke obviously hands himself in and they're walking and I, I do love all the way through that Luke just keeps referring to him as father and such like that. Like we'd already seen that side of it at the end of Empire, which you touched upon, where yeah. great transitions between the two of them as they're trying to they're connecting with the force and it's cutting from Vader on his ship to, to Luke on the on the Falcon. And he's all, you know, Luke, he's like father, and he's like, it's oh, your yeah. dis- It's just all of that. And you, again, we've spoke about Hamill's performance, but that, again, his face in that one, it sums it all up. He just doesn't know what to do. It's like the magnitude of this news that you've just told or, you know, thrown upon me is uh, a great trajectory for, for Return of the Jedi. And, and, it, and it's a shame in a way that, you know, when you look at the ratings and such of the trilogy, that the Return of the Jedi is voted like the lowest 
uh, the lowest one of the three. Uh, still excellent, you know, in, in its right. But yeah, it's strange that is it. Do you reckon it's because of the Ewoks? Do you reckon? I mean, do you want to talk about uh, the Ewoks? Yeah, I, I do want to talk about the Ewoks now. And I'll, and I'll start off by saying that out of the three films, controversially, Jello is probably my favourite. Really um, interesting. Yeah. And, 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 I, and the reason why I think that is, I watched that film that came out in '84, I think, wasn't it? Um, so I would have been ten years old. Um, and. Uh, I was obsessed with teddy bears, and so on the on the on the big the big screen, I'm seeing walking, talking teddy bears, and I am absolutely delighted. I am the happiest I could ever be because I want to own an Ewok. I want an Ewok as my best mate. Like all my friends at school, bugger off. I want an Ewok. But the first time we actually see an Ewok is when Leah meets an Ewok, and become best friends with an Ewok. And yep. then they, they, they capture all the others. And then they take down the fierce fighting force that is the Stormtroopers. And they do it easily. And then there's the scene so where the where, where, where the one dies. Harrowing, isn't it? When there's like trying to wake him up and you're like, oh no. I remember seeing that again. And I'm 10 years old and I'm like, this is probably the worst day of my life. <laughs> it's gone from the greatest day to the worst day ever. Yeah, and... I'm still an Ewok. I'm, I'm I'm 48 years old. And I want an Ewok. But I, again, like I, I think I think that it is the Ewoks that drags that 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 rating down for some reason. I think that a lot of people yeah. had a bit of a hard time. And like I said before, with 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 the prequels and and the sequels and stuff, is that Star Wars is aimed really at a younger demographic. You know, it is a kids yeah. film. It's a, it's an action film. It's an adventure film for kids. Um, yeah. And I think that does get lost. I think that people need to remember that we were once kids when we watched these films and we yes. loved them as much. So if people like you know, the generation these days, if kids are coming out saying that Rise of Skywalker is their favourite or Last Jedi is their favourite, fine, that's fine, because that's their choice, that's their, this is their Star Wars, and I think that a lot of fans need to remember that. And it's the only time you'll actually hear me defend Jar Jar Binks, because yeah. Jar Jar Binks is that generation's Ewoks. Well, this is it, yeah. When you, If you're a 10-year-old child watching that, will absolutely love Jar Jar Binks. I wasn't 10 when that came out, and I hated the character. Yeah. I but, get that. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, I am of I am of that generation. I think I, I did when I did the prequels. I, I was I, I hold I think I held my hands up and said, look, when I was a kid, I bloody loved Jar Jar. I had Jar Jar everything, all the Jar Jar toys. I had a toy that had a sticker like a sticky tongue that you could throw and like it stick to the windows or whatever, and we could pull it back and whatnot. Like big big Jar Jar, honestly. And now I I, I really wish that Qui Gon just let him get run over whenever I watch him on that in, in the opening. I'm just like, why why did he save him? Anyways, we're, we're getting it's it's relevant because it's yeah. it's com- it's, it's the same thing. It's Ewoks yeah. and the Gungans. They're the reason why a lot of fans um yeah had a hard time. Well, I say had hard I say had a hard time. I mean. They just didn't like it because of those reasons, yeah. which is a shame because I wrote down a few of my favorite moments or sequences from from the original trilogy, and the the whole pretty much end off sequence is on there mainly for the speed chaser sequence when they're running after the stormtroopers, which is there are films that have come out in 2023 that have worse special effects than that, and I thought that's just like I know yeah you can see it's on a green screen or whatever. It looks pretty good. Like I was like, yeah, fair, but there are films yeah. that have come out recently that look absolutely way worse than this. Um, but yeah, the speed chase sequence yeah. on Endor, the, the whole of Endor, 
is uh, it's just grand. Like it's really grand. Like having like I said, Ewoks taking down the stormtroopers, using like logs on on rope and stuff to destroy you know the the, the machinery and whatnot. The I forgot what the actual um, AT-AT is, the specific one that she used in in that sequence. You know the ones I mean, the two legged ones that are kind yeah, of plodding yeah. around. But yeah, uh, uh, I'm saying that, and people who listen to this with Star Wars fans will be like, "This guy needs to get his facts right first before he <laughs> starts talking." But you know what I mean? I, I think the whole Endor sequence yeah. is excellent. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the, the speed racer scene, um, and it's one of those scenes. I mean, that's one that I, I I remember it. I remember watching it back in the '80s, and I remember it clearly now. And Star Wars is full of those scenes where yeah. you, you like. I know, like, I'll go back to the garbage disposal. I know what happens there because I, I see it. So yeah. Because my eyes, I see it. And the speed racing is one of those. And it freaks me out because all oh, the motion. And, and, and I yeah. know that if I was driving one of those speed racers, I'd, I'd be in a tree almost straight away. <laughs> straight away, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's brilliantly done. It's, it's mesmerizing. And, it is good. And again, and, I think it, it showcases as well the technology that was used and, and how far the cinema was coming uh, to be able to do that kind of stuff on screen. It, just to, to blend everything together, it looked it just looks grand. Yeah. Oh, it's the forest moon of Endor is it's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. It's, oh, um, glory. We we're, we're, we're based up north as well, obviously in England and Sheffield and such. We've got some great, you know, Lake Districts and Peak Districts and such that we can bask in its green gloriousness and i think that again with endor it just it looks stunning yeah. um i mean that's the only thing that i would love to see i'm trying to think if the closest we got to like a battle in like a, a nice tree surrounding would be the force awakens but then we're on a snow it's the snow isn't it where they've got trees around them and stuff at the end um yeah i'd quite like to see i'm not misspeaking am i, I don't think there is necessarily a, a lightsaber jewel uh in a very nice peak district setting is there <laughs> No, it's all again. They, the sequels went away from those practical locations because we had the amazing scene in um, Ryan's one, didn't we? Where with the um, uh, the red the red guard, where Snoke gets sliced in half, like an. Uh, anyway, oh, that, we've been positive, yeah, <laughs> but that was an amazing positive. scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was in, a, in the green screen environment. You didn't get the um, yeah the the outdoor stuff in the yeah in sequels. No, this is it. I've got I've got a few of the favourite sequences to jot down, but I don't want to kind of um I, I want to know some of your favourites if you've got any particular um moments from, um, from the trilogy that you love. So um it's obviously the um the uh, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start backwards. So in Jedi you've got the the speed racer scene, absolutely. You've got where Jabba gets killed by Leia <laughs> and yeah. the whole and and I'm not a fan of Boba Fett. I've never been a fan of Boba Fett, and I don't understand why people are. So him going down like the rude word that he is, absolutely. <laughs> I was delighted. Like ten year old me was absolutely delighted that he got accidentally blown up and eaten it's, by a silent. Love that. It's funny. I just, I love I just love handing that. It's like Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? And he just turns around, just like yeah. just whacks the back of his, uh, his obviously his uh, rocket launch or whatever, and just goes flying down. It's. Uh, yeah, it is funny because he he was such an and he is an iconic character. I, I, I like me some Boba Fett, I'm not gonna lie, but very not a lot of screen time, but just became such a again like a, a an icon in that pop culture world. It's the masks, man. I, I think it's just the design of the masks and everything. It's that's you know it's looked cool. So let's be honest, yeah. Yeah, he he definitely looked cool, but I was too busy. I was I was I was I was like on the side of of the light side anyway, so I wanted them to, to win. I yeah. didn't like. 
character. And then when you had, when you looked at the evil characters, you had Darth Vader and you couldn't look past him. So yeah. I thought Boba Fett was just a waste of time for me. And I was happy that he died the way he did. Yeah. Although he didn't. So, well, no, yeah, true, yeah. actually, yeah. But it's funny because you mentioned because I actually wrote down um, returning to Tatooine um, and the whole Jabba's Palace sequence um, and all the build up to like the Sarlacc pit that you've got the Rancor as well, obviously, which is under honestly that it was such a fantastic opening, Return of the Jedi. I personally, I mean, yeah. it just it it's so good as I said. The, the again, I've talked about the scope and stuff, and with the sets getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I think this again just showcases that like all of it just absolutely glorious. Um, you know, free yeah. and Han, and then, yeah, the the rancor was. Um, I, I I genuinely was terrified of the rancor. I've literally don't ask you how terrifying was the rancor because oh my god, it's like nowadays, and we're looking at it with modern eyes, and it's still yeah. frightening. It's the it's those like you know the pig guards or whatever that they that they have at Jabba's palace. It's the screeches yeah. and the scream screams that that's making whilst it's trying to escape or whilst it's getting picked up and about to be eaten, but. I yeah. always remember, like, obviously we spoke about toys and such and merchandise. I always remember there was, like, a little Rancor set. It was, it was a fairly decent size, but not, not a huge set, but it came with, like, a mini Luke and a, and a mini, um, uh, like, a mini pig guard, and uh, obviously one of them you could swallow, and you could swallow them down and stuff like that. Just, <laughs> it's always, like, it's stuff like that. Like, I always, I always kind of come back to the action figures, and whenever I watch Star Wars, I think, yep, used to have that figure, used to have that figure, used to have him as that in that costume, this and that. But, like, yeah, the, the Rancor was... Uh, yeah, absolutely terrifying. And I tell you what, mate, in 4K, it's even more bloody terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but no, speaking of like sets and such, uh, in terms of other like, you know, favorite, favorite parts of the film, I thought, I think Cloud City is great. I love Cloud City. Um, yeah. Obviously, part of, part of the, the, the twists and the re- reveals are the, the fact that the Empire have the upper hand and such, but. It's just really great. Um, but obviously, speaking of twists and turns and such, I, I'm hoping that in the uh, in our ramblings that we've kind of done justice on the the famous, obviously Darth Vader twist and reveal with that, um, like it it was just so still is so iconic to this very day, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 legendary. It's everybody everybody misquotes the line, don't they? Look yes. <laughs> um, because it's that it's that iconic that that people know it. You, and, how many TV shows reference "I am your father" in yeah. some way? Because it, it's a it's a it's a touchstone. It's something that people will always remember. That's what we'll always go back to. That's it exactly. Like it, it's been you know homaged and parodied and you know almost like respected as well in cinema in in TV and whatever. Ever since, like it, it was almost like a ripple effect. That moment, it was. Incredible. I know we've touched on it earlier and such with with the with the secrets behind it all and the actual reveal. But I would have I would have absolutely hated it. You know, like nowadays you, you can't go anywhere without something like I said being spoiled or whatever. But I would have hated that if that would have been spoiled for me beforehand. Yeah, yeah. But it's like um, when Marvel was at their height, I just muted everything Marvel on social media because yeah. you just knew spoilers were going to come out. So and and I, and I don't watch trailers. You know, I don't watch trailers for that yeah. reason. It's easier to it's e- it was easier to avoid back in those days because 1980 there was no social media there was no um, there was no massive industry about giving these these little things away so so you go to the cinema you're there watching a a, a, a great space opera and suddenly bloody hell what just happened there <laughs> exactly I always you can't the... view it but you didn't know it you know yeah. <laughs> you're a big bad man had to say it and you're like yeah. 
I think as well with this is that even now, like, I still get good. There's there's certain there's certain films and certain moments in films I should say where I still get goosebumps at those kind of moments um, or the big moments we should say maybe not the big moment. This is a big moment, obviously, but it's like I um, Jurassic Park is another one. There's several moments in Jurassic Park or one in particular with the T Rex outbreak that I genuinely yeah. get goosebumps from. Um, no matter when I'm watching it, no matter how many times I've seen the scene, and this is exactly one of those as well with with Vader announcing and 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 revealing this this massive plot twist. Yeah, I went to see Empire at the cinema um, when during 2020 when they were like opening up the cinemas for a little bit and and letting people there wasn't many films out other than Tenet, um, so they kind of were throwing on classics. And I went to see I went to see Empire. And I was still in the cinema, just like absolutely like sh- like just. The hairs yeah. on the back of your neck and I and I think it's obviously the the it's everything I think it's a perfect you know that image alone like a Vader with his with his arm out obviously saying those words and then you've got the way he's delivering the line and then the Vader theme ringing in you know from John Williams yeah. uh, just after he says that like even now talking about it I've just got a huge shiver that's just gone down yeah. my uh, my spine yeah no I, I agree um it is um yeah, um, you mentioned Jurassic Park, and obviously the scene that people remember in Jurassic Park is with the um, the cup of coffee or tea or whatever, where the yeah. where the the T Rex starts walking, and you see that. Um, and there's a couple of films where you think I'm going to talk about Indiana Jones, where um, you know the the, the swordsman does his, all his rubbish and yes, um, and then you think about Star Wars, and you think, well, there's the there's that scene, but then there's also um, these the blowing up the Death Star, the first one. There, yeah. There's there's like four or five massive scenes. That's why I, that's why this is the best. Any single film of the trilogy is almost perfect, you know. Yeah. And it's got those moments. Cloud City, the the I'm your father scene is is right up there, isn't it? It's the one where. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean you mentioned it before. It's so well acted. I mean Mark Hamill becomes a a generational actor at that point. Yeah. James L. Jones's voice does all the work. Dave Prowse's body is is there doing it. Yeah. The whole Darth Vader situation—it just works so well. It's it's it really does amazing. And again, you say you have got then John Williams in the background doing his stuff, and you're like, I don't think I don't think film gets better than this. You know, no. I, I really don't. It's, it's amazing. De- definitely don't. And uh, you know, just you think about you know what, like I said, what it has done for cinema since I think I I'm trying to think if there's for me I mean I think because I'm of that that generation or that that because Star Wars had such a big impact on me that I would say that this is probably the greatest plot twist in cinema history and that that's just a person I mean I'm trying to think if there's you know we've had some great cliffhanger endings and such or whatever you know like twists and turns in terms of fantastic endings to films or, or twists or reveals but I don't yeah. really know if if anything can top this one. Yeah, it's, it's for its time it's as well. You know what I mean for for the gravitas of it as well because this is yeah. the the sequel to the very successful, you know, first one. And 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 you think about to everyone, you know, Vader may like we were saying earlier that Vader was quite two dimensional or whatever. To then yeah. throw this in there, I, I, I just. I'd love to be a fly out wall. You know when you see like audience reactions in cinema, it's like on when they do promos for films or whatever. I'd love yeah. to have been like a fly out wall when Empire first came out, just to see. And imagine like Lucas as well, just like rubbing his hands together, being like, "This is yeah. people are going to absolutely lose their freaking minds." Yeah, it, it, it's because 
A New Hope is a, is a simple film. We've mentioned that. It's it's the start of the hero's journey. It's black versus white, good versus evil. Yeah. This is where it becomes more. Is It's with that whole... That is, Darth Vader is no longer just a bad guy. He's a bad guy with that history, which is very closely related to the hero, to the light side. Yeah. It shows that Star Wars is the perfect balance between dark and light. As 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 I believe there's a, a quote in the the film goes that way. Yeah, it's it's the, yeah it's about it's about balancing dark and light and and it's just brilliant. It's yeah and it's I think it's, you're a cinematography fan as well. The way it's shot as well, it's it's wonderful to look at. It's got yeah. about it. So. It just it all looks great. I I I always get mesmerized by some of the things that they managed to do with Star Wars. Like I mean, we were saying earlier, like even a lot of it looks far superior than some of the crap that's getting thrown out these days. And like just the detail of certain things, like you know, like with the stationary imagery, the stationary image, stationary images. Sorry, um, that they were they were painting them and stuff. Like obviously they'd have like the troopers all lined up it was all painted like to, to to look like it was and then when you see when you see those moments when you know that they've been painted you like you can stare at them and you think they're standing very still actually <laughs> like, you know it's just really really well done um yeah. just coming back to uh the the whole Vader thing but I, th- I, I don't know if i mentioned it earlier but obviously that um in the 2004 dvd release uh, lucas explained that the reason behind why he got yoda to confirm in Jedi that Darth Vader was in fact Luke's father was because he consulted um, a child psychologist um, during the making of the film. And the psychologist said that unless it was stated by someone like put out facts by someone else that, that Vader was Luke's father, that moviegoers aged 12 or under would dismiss the claim that it was a lie, that Vader was lying. So that's why, you know, he went and got Yoda to, um, yeah, to, to say that he 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 went he went when he decided to go through it when James Earl Jones stated that he didn't believe that Vader was telling the truth no matter what yeah. explanations were given. So it's kind of like this we've 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 actually like funnily enough praised George Lucas quite a lot for this in this one. It's been a very positive positive yeah. podcast, but I think that's really um, clever and 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 you know taking it. Because like like we we know we've said he, he, Star Wars is for kids at the end of the day, and he, he wants them to know that that's a fact. So fair play to him for going to that much effort and research. Mm. As a, as a moviegoer who was age twelve or under at the time, when Darth Vader said he was Luke's father, I believed him. Yeah, I did not. No, I, yeah. it was the voice. It was the way that it, it was that that ring of truth. So James Earl Jones thought he was lying, but he didn't sound like he was. Yeah. I hate to poker against the man. Um, <laughs> uh, I just felt, yep, yeah, he's he's Luke's dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think it's, uh, it, it, yeah, incredible, uh, incredible moment. Fantastic one for uh, for cinema. Love The Simpsons. Uh, like, I love The Simpsons gags about Star Wars, but I love the sequence of Homer walking out of the cinema from watching it with Marge being like, what a movie. Who would have thought that Darth Vader would have been Luke Skywalker's father, like this huge yeah. queue of people. They're like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> so it's uh, it's incredible. It's it, uh, For me anyways, I would say it's the greatest, um, yeah, the greatest plot twist in, in cinema history. And that's on a bias level. Yeah, I think, um, I, 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 think I think you mentioned a point about the fact that it happened when it happened in the early 80s yeah and nowadays every film feels a need to chuck a twist in yeah and and it's got 
I think of Star Wars, I think of Sixth Sense. You can't talk about plot twists without talking about M. That, actually, yeah, in fact, it's funny you mentioned when I was just talking in my head when you were talking about twists and stuff. I was like, God, imagine if M. Night directed Star Wars. <laughs> just everyone's like a false ghost. That's would have taken the hat off and it would have been him. So yeah, do carry on. Yeah, Six Sense yeah. actually is a very you know Six Sense is excellent. Yeah, twist, yeah, because yeah, it was a time when nobody really like they weren't doing plot twists every single minute. There was about, yeah. about and there's a good what, twenty years between the two films between Star Wars and this and mm. that. But yeah, at the time we 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 went to, we went to the cinema to watch a film from A and it would take us to B and it would go there in a, in a reasonably straight line. Mm. Not saying that movie audiences are more sophisticated nowadays. I think we're just harder to please than we were yeah. back in the back, back in the day. You got maybe three films a month. Yeah, and this you get. We've got we got all the all the media, haven't we? But it's like it's, it's, def- it's definitely like three new films a week now, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. And um, we 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 were. I think we were much easier to entertain. We were just happy to be out the house. Um, and and, and yeah. sitting in a cinema, and and just watching it. And I suppose the risk was, uh, film studios didn't want audiences to go away going, "Well, that was confusing. Why did that happen?" Yeah. Whereas these days, you can make a confusing film, and people will watch it again and go back yeah. again without any issue at all. But this is the highlight of people's weeks, and you yeah. don't. You just want to make an A to B story. Start the Empire changed that, and that yeah. scene. Pivotal, absolutely pivotal, and yeah. it turns out that they knew what they were doing because, as we say, it's it's an, it's another iconic moment. We've used the word a lot, iconic. Yeah, but that's that's the word of the day. It's it's amazing. It's a it's a great film, and that scene is absolutely key to it. So I think as I think that's why I think because we 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 spoke about our favorites in the original trilogy, actual favorite films of the original trilogy. We love them all ever so dearly, but I think yeah. it is because. This moment in Empire, why I always go back, and I think that could be the same for a lot, is that yeah, there's other key factors as to why I'm like Empire is without a doubt my favorite. Like I love every, I love the the way that he pockets all, you know, he kind of separates all our heroes. They're all got their own different stories and such. But yeah. I, 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 I do think it comes down to because I'm always waiting. I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. That moment at the end, it's yeah. coming. I can't wait. So, it, 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 that'll be the same for a lot. It's not just me. That'll be the same for a lot as to why people always go back to Empire as their favorite because it's just got this massive moment in it. Yeah, it's a lesson for Ryan Johnson about how to separate your characters and make all their stories relevant. Yeah, that is true. Doing stupid things on a casino planet and chasing horses. It's so funny that because like you, you you're the second person this week to talk about that that sequence, and I know we're trying to shy away from talking about anything after the original or, or whatever. Yeah, well, anything after because the prequels are filmed after and such. But like, yeah. if you take out that casino sequence of the film, like the a the film runs better and it just lose nothing. You lose nothing. So yeah, that's that's the that's that nitpick. But yes, that that yeah. this is a lesson of how to separate your yeah. characters and make yeah. it all work. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because they they're not they're not all there to pay service to Luke's story. They've mm. got their own story. I mean, Luke's yeah. story is, is the overarching. It's the Skywalker saga. It's it's about his his hero's journey. Mm. But that doesn't make Leia and Hans story any less relevant and we need to find out what happens with them yeah with what happens with them putting c3po back together again is actually quite important and stuff yeah. and the way it's done it, so it's 
it's a less complicated film than what I think the modern, what the prequels and the sequels tried to do because they realized it didn't need to be that complicated. They needed yeah. to make a nice, simple story and then have this massive, amazing twist in it, which will give it all the cultural re- relevance. Everything that you need it to have is there. It's perfect. Yeah. And they do. They, I mean, I, I was trying about, what, kind of what film it was I was talking about the other week on the pod. Um, when I was saying about how great support, there was these great supporting actors and, and cast members of the film um, that help, you know, they, they, they really push the, the leads higher kind of, you know, in, in, in the film. And that is the same for, for all of the supporting cast surrounding Mark Hamill in Star Wars, the original trilogy. Like they, they're, they're, they're so good in what they do that it lifts up the lead as well. Um, yeah, because it's well written, well structured, and, and obviously mainly well performed as well. Um, I can't remember what film I was talking about when I was saying this, but same applies basically. Is that the, the yeah. supporting roles and the stories um, within the Star Wars original trilogy? They just aid it all perfectly. Um, yeah, just makes it work so well. And again, which is why it's one of the per- best trilogies ever made. Yeah, and I will still say that Return of the Jedi was better because of the talking teddy bears. Yeah, okay, that's. that's... That, that that's my opinion. Not wrong <laughs> with your opinion. Mine has got talking teddy bears in it. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, have you got any other favourite moments or anything from um, the original trilogy that we've not touched upon or anything? Or I think it, I think we've covered most of them because you can't talk about the films without talking about your favourite moments. Um, yeah, that is there's true. The, there's the trench in in, in episode one. Uh, I've seen four. Sorry, um, where. You've got stuff, you know, that Luke's, Luke's just about to get killed, and then Han Solo comes in, and it's like, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. And that re- that interaction between them is amazing. Um, you've got the, the uh, in Empire, we've spoken about Cloud City, but you've got Yoda raised like raising the, the X Wing. The oh. X Wings, the X Wings just give me, they, 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 it's like they just make me so happy every yeah. time they open their wings up, and you're like, oh, this is perfect, isn't yeah. it? It's amazing. Genius design and concept, the X Wings and and the Tie Fighters as well. Um, I yeah. thought like as 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 two models go, as we say or whatever for for spacecrafts, that they're they're in the, the you know the, the same as as anything as that they're iconic. I always keep saying it, but and they you see it and you know what it is, and it's and I just love that you know you've got like the, the color grading and such to match who's good and who's bad. Like yeah. I remember I, I had uh, a Tie Fighter and the X Wing. Um, like obviously action figure memorabilia or whatever as a kid and they're just so much like I say you're just running around like imagining that you're in this space battle like with these two toys like it's just that they're excellent Um, again really good design and and, yeah a fantastic there's plenty of epic space battles in in Star Wars here's a question for you then what's the cooler fighter the X-Wing or the TIE fighter or Darth Vader's TIE Oh, I used to. Do you know what I used to love? Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, just the different, obviously with the leg, like the 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 legs or brackets or whatever, a different shape uh, to the yeah. rest. I, d- I don't know. Like I, uh, I, I'm gonna have to. I'll, I'll say X Wing. I'll say X Wing. Yeah. I think that they they just look cooler. Yeah, the force is strong in this one. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, do you know what? I, I love the X Wing, and I love the way that the the wings do it. Yeah. The Tie Fighters were scary as hell and cool as well. Was I love like, the noise was... as well. The noise that the Tie Fighters have made. They're like almost. I don't even. I'm not even going to try and attempt to re- recreate no. that noise. But you know the noise. <laughs> I know the noise. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to try it either. No, no, no. no. Just don't need that. So yeah, cool. <laughs> it's, too, it's too early. Um, yeah. But no, but... you spoke about obviously with with, with Dagobah. I know we spoke about Dagobah and and that that iconic moment with 
um, with Yoda as well. But I, I just like the opening to Yoda as well. Like when, it, oh, but in fairness, like yeah, definitely more so when they first meet when Luke doesn't know who he's actually talking to. But straight away, you know, like Yoda's testing Luke's patience to begin with, just to yeah. see what what kind of uh, Jedi or whatever. He, you know, could be, is it good? Is it what, you know, you've yeah. got to have patience at the end of the day. So I like that all the way through that opening of those two meetings, he's purposely just an absolute wind up merchant. Yeah. I'm just trying to think as well, because I th- um, in the original, uh, with the original New Hope, you didn't have the, um, the CGI Jabba. You had a, you had a man playing Jabba. Yes. But I yeah. Think that, that Yoda was probably the first time we saw a non humanoid figure. I'm just oh. trying to think. Right. Because I can't think that... if in the, in New Hope, if anything, obviously you've got the droids, but they're clearly not yeah. um, life forms, as it were. Um, but so, but yeah, but then I just remember what's in Empire and thinking, this is, I don't know what this character, what this thing is. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a strange wizard old green thing and it's talking and I don't get it. Yeah, because I was going to say the only other characters I could think of, obviously, in terms of like side characters that they bump into, obviously, within a New Hope, in particular the ones in like Tatooine oh, and, and in the bar, yeah, the, but, um, but even yeah. still, they don't talk hu- like human, you know what I mean? As in the, the yeah. language we can't understand, other than, you know, the guy as well, like he doesn't like you, but he's got prosthetics on and looks yeah. very human. You know what I mean? Like this is, as he's you say, yeah, so, yeah, this is, this is something, Yoda is something yeah. completely different when you first see him. You might be right there. Like I, I, we've just rewatched him and I, I, I'm trying <laughs> to like, just rewatch it all in my head again, just trying yeah. to think before that moment. An but, hour and 48 minutes going through. I'm yeah, like, literally like, <laughs> but no, you might be right. But yeah, I, I get that as well. And, and I, I always prefer, um, practical you know and, and the, oh, the, pup, the the yeah. puppet and such for yoda like that's one thing that i commend at least rian well i mean i don't i don't hate last Jedi as i already say but bringing yeah. back the puppet yoda excellent choice because that's how it should be not constant like you look at what lucas did with phantom menace because it was a puppet again in phantom menace and then mm. when he re-released it he changed him to cgi again yeah why he, he, he couldn't leave well enough alone that no. and again we've mentioned that he did it with um, the original Tridge, and especially got mentioned the final scene where he's brought in Hayden Christensen. As the I was going to come to this. I was going to. I thought we we could end on uh, some some okay. disappointment and some. No, no, we can do it now. Like it's fine because I say otherwise. I think we'll be retreading what we spoke about for the last hour or so. But yeah, you carry on with that. Yeah, he did. He did an absolute disastrous decision there. Yeah. With me that it just. I just. I don't know. I I I heard about it before I saw it. Because obviously, the first, when I yeah. saw it, it wasn't Hayden Christensen, because Hayden Christensen was like, yeah, that's wrong. It's that I get why he's done it. He's trying to tie it into the the prequels, yeah. but it it was just such and especially Hayden Christensen, at his, it felt like he was at his most moody as well. He didn't yeah. seem happy to be there. He just like. Oh, whatever. Because um, I, like... I, I, I saw an interview, funnily enough, or I read about it, anyways, where. Uh, I don't think Hayden knew what he was doing for that moment. Like, uh, George Lucas asked him to obviously start filming whatever, but he didn't specifically say to him, this is going in at this particular moment in Jedi mm. kind of thing. So, like, because it does look awkward as hell. Like, I don't really know what... It almost reminds me of, like, when uh, they do, like, uh, a test, you know, like costume fitting or something. It's almost like Hayden's just put on the Jedi yeah. robes for the first time and he's just getting a feel of it kind of thing. I don't know. Like, it's just... It's bizarre because I I always think as well that if you're gonna have like Hayden there, why isn't it you McGregor's Obi Wan then? Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I know Alec Guinness has been a 
he's been prominent in the in the original trilogy and obviously mainly as a force ghost but it just seems such a it made sense for Anakin it wouldn't be a Hayden because he's never like, met yeah and he was really young like, yeah it was weird the other like it, it was something that I'd, 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 I wish that he hadn't because you look at because another one of my favorite moments is everyone having an absolute boogie and a party time at the end of Jedi when they've won. I think it's wonderful. I think it's a fantastic way, and it's not overkill as well. It's literally that, that we, we've spoke about the pace and stuff with the films; they're excellent. But those celebrations, it's not drawn out. It's not long winded. It's not like constant. You know, um, you know, like when you look at Rise of Skywalker's ending, I was like, stop hugging and get on with it. Like I don't care. Like no one cares. Like this is silly. Yeah. Um, he just went on for a bit too long. Whereas this was perfect. It's just that again, Lucas like then thinks I'll throw in all these other places that are in the prequels that have not shown up in the original trilogy just for continuity or for whatever. And it doesn't need it. Like it like it cuts to when it's flying and going across like Cloud City celebrating, which granted the remastered version does look better, but that's one positive. Then it cuts to like Naboo. And you've got all Gungans shouting like "We so free" and stuff, and it's like, "Wait, you were fat? You you had no problem? What?" And then it cut to Coruscant, which again, I've always said I'd love to spend more time in Coruscant. I think Star Wars missed a trick massively by, mm. especially in the sequel trilogy, anyways, not revisiting Coruscant. Um, so yeah, that he just threw stuff in like that just needlessly. And the other thing that um, really I really don't like is. When Vader throws the Emperor down the shaft or whatever um, in Jedi, he's now dubbed Vader's famous or infamous, you know, the nose that he cries when he finds out about Padme dying mm. in Revenge. He's like dubbed it on there. And it just, it's, it's awful. It's so mm. awful. It just takes away that moment because the, the look from Vader in himself was enough. Do you know what I mean? Like when the Emperor's sizzling yeah. Luke. That like kind of double glance at Luke and then at the, uh, and at Palpatine before he picks him up and launches him, said more words than him saying no 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 like I just I, yeah. awful decision awful. Yeah, that's uh, and that's David Prowse the the actor doing that again. How the the how much emotion can you get when you're wearing a mask? Yeah, and yet the the, the body acting of David Prowse is as you say you know exactly. He's not overplaying it. He's not like comedy double taking. Yeah, He's no. Looking, and you can see the realization in his body that actually I don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, and I'm the only person who can stop it. And James Earl Jones's voice is the one you want, not yeah. Hayden Christensen. Because no disrespect to Hayden Christensen, but James Earl Jones is a is an amazing actor, and his voice takes you places. And Hayden Christensen talks about sand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! But all the all those nitpicks aside, in terms of the remastered versions or whatever, um, yeah. we still watch them, we still love them, we still adore these films. So it's it's I say it's fine, but it's one of those where you're like, it's fine, but you know, you didn't need to do this. Um, yeah, I wish you hadn't done that, but you haven't ended up uh, ruining it. You yeah. make you every now and then you pull me out of where I am, but um, all in all. I'm still with you, George. I'm still with you all the way. And I'm going to cheer at the right times and I'm going to get weepy at the right time. I'm going to shout. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to love seeing 
the the big furry teddy bear from 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 the start, and then the little furry teddy bears at the end, and everything non teddy bear related in between. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna yeah. absolutely adore it. Exactly that. Exactly that, mate. Summed it up very very nicely there. Before we do finish, we've just got one last question for you. Oh, a couple of last questions, just kind of. Uh, following on from what we've been talking about there with the remastered and such, do you yeah. think that because of the negative reaction to well, obviously the prequels, but that's you know, by the by, but to the yeah. fact that Lucas kind of tinkered too much with the original trilogy in terms of the add-ons or whatever, that he wasn't uh, consulted more when it came to um, the, the sequels. Yeah, there was definitely, I remember, I remember when the prequels came out and also with the remastering and he got a lot of the blame for it. He did yeah. get a lot of the, uh, I mean, I know he, was, he directed the prequels, didn't he? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. All of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not saying the blame was undeserved, but I think just, and again, the biggest problem, and me and you aren't in this category, but the biggest problem with Star Wars fanboys is they're really precious about it. Yeah. really impressed about it and they are like over the top and very Precious. loud <laughs> yeah and and yeah it wouldn't surprise me that yeah when yeah when the sequels came out and they were like okay george you get your, your executive producer credit but you don't get anywhere near it yeah and you've got someone like jj who's been auditioning for that for that job for 10 11 years he's not going to want he's going to want to pay respect to George Lucas but he's not going to want his fingerprints all over it yeah yeah you put, I, you put a strong character like that in yeah George is a bit part player yeah i think i think it's a shame um that i don't know like i've i've funnily enough since we've been talking about star wars obviously like my your phone and everything techno, te- technology wise listens to you and it kind of throws up like videos and such and there was a very interesting interview that popped up with George Lucas talking about what is misused in Star Wars. Um, and, I, and I'm assuming this is... It obviously will be after the, the, the some of the sequels maybe have come out, or maybe all of them. I'm not sure. But he was mm. saying is that it's not about the space battles. It's not about the next lightsaber battle. There's so much more to Star Wars than that, which what we've seen, obviously, what we've spoke about in... This this revisit obviously with the original trilogy in particular is the perfect example of that, uh, and even the prequels to an extent there is substance there, but just poorly, it's 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 lost in the madness of politics, Star Wars politics, yeah. <laughs> space politics. Yeah. Sorry, um, whereas obviously with the sequels it does always feel like all you know like with anything now Star Wars. Um, it does always feel like they're just moving you from one set piece to the next and just getting you from A to. A to B, but a, a A is one space battle and B is another lightsaber battle. That's all it is in those films, yeah. and I, I it kind of you know reminded just one of those where you, you, I watched the interview and I was like, it's just he, he, if anyone gets it, it's him, and I think it is a little bit of it because I, I think I, I understand that I think he did try and kind of consult with the sequel trilogy and stuff, but they just weren't having any of it, and I think it is a shame because you see what happened with it. Um, and now it's like yeah. I said to you. Now you watch the original trilogy. You wait for it to end after watching one, two, and three, and then four, five, and six. And you can't help but think, oh, I do feel like it's just it, it ended perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it ended. It, it didn't need anything after it. Yeah, we don't need. And the thing is, because obviously the extended universe, which the families will know about, there's there's obviously stories that happen afterwards. And yeah, 
we didn't. I don't know. As a, as a, as a, as the movie going audience, did we do we need to see anything more? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, it's a money maker for a start. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. I just wish they'd done it better. I wouldn't have minded yeah. seeing more stories about even the extended characters. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded seeing them if they'd been done better. But yeah. You've spoken about the, the sequels. Um, it wasn't done well. To say, oh, no. That's what I'm going to say. So. Yeah, I, I think that's it as well. Because I said we, we, we've, I think we've done really well. In fairness, not to kind of get too off track of the original trilogy and what's what's come yeah. off the back of Star Wars. Obviously, towards the end, we can, you know, go down that way and such. But um, yeah. I, you know, you're like me with Star Wars. We've already said we're not the we love it, but we're not like those people that genuinely will. I don't know, review bomb or whatever. Like I can take or leave it. Like the the difference between like me and you are from anyone else or any other the 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 hardcore Star Wars fans is that if like when Book of Boba Fett came out, I'm watching it going, This isn't good and that's the end of it. Do you know what I say? It's like yeah. this isn't good, it's not for me. Some people might like it. Hey, that's fine. I'm I really don't I'm not gonna I'm not going to get my podcast up and start absolutely yeah. slating, you know, kick going in hard on it. Like it, there's constructive criticism. And then I think that there's, there's just outright mean, you know what I mean? There's some people yeah. that are just outright mean. Yeah. That's it. I think something didn't, uh, talking about Book of Boba briefly, what didn't help was that Mandalorian was so good. Yeah. That's it. And, yeah, people, yeah. and that actually, my question to you was going to be, would you like to see another Star Wars film, but this time held by Filoni and Favreau? Ooh, that's a good. Well, um, yes, yeah, yeah, I would, but I'd be hesitant because of currently there's definitely been a decline in quality. Um, Has it? For I've not me, seen yeah. So, well, it's it's Mando. It's good. It's just that yeah. I feel that they reached at such a height with season two. Yeah, you're never gonna. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're gonna. I, I am looking forward, because I do believe that Filoni is going to be directing a Star Wars film, isn't he, soon? Like, I, I, there was those announcements of they're doing, they're doing like, one set in the past, one set in the present, we should say, and then one set in the future, yeah. something like that. Like, where, like, the one in the future is the one with Rey coming back. Like, I think it's set, like, 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. And so okay. Daisy Ridley's coming back to do another Rey film with, and she's going to be training some new Jedis or whatever. Um, and I, I can't remember which one it is because obviously there's one where they're going right back to when Jedi's and such first started, kind of thing. This again is from what I I, I think that's right. And it, Star mm. Wars fans, if you listen, you'll know again probably more so than me. But Filoni's meant to be directing one, I think, and I, mm. I'm excited. But I I think that the, the the problem again for me is that I've got like franchise fatigue at the minute, um, yeah. which to be expected i think when you've got marvel coming at one side and star wars coming at the the next and then in between all of that you've got sequels after sequels for films that again i'm not don't don't get me wrong i love a sequel like, I, i'm i'm all for it but i think that i'm i miss i miss that feeling of when like the phantom menace was coming out or when the force awakens was coming out and being absolutely like counting down the days for the next yeah. Star Wars film, like not even that, counting down the days for the teaser trailer, counting down the days for the theatrical trailer, everything, everything. You know what I mean? Like, I miss all of that. Whereas now, I'm just, oh, I'm like, oh, I wake up on a Tuesday and there's another Star Wars now. So I'm like, oh, okay, just yeah. yeah. Even going back just a few years, five, six years, when San Diego Comic Con used to, is a, was a thing, an actual thing, yeah. and they used to talk about like what Hall H or whatever it was. Um, yeah. 
and this trailer's coming out and it was an excitement. Yeah. And now, and it's since Disney Plus has come, now it's like, oh, it's a, you've just shown us your slate of things coming out and that must be for the next 10 years and it's the next six months. And it's yeah. like, you, you've, you've saturated. It's it. You use the phrase. It's oversaturated. I, that's the thing. I, I, I think as well that 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 I think that they should stop doing that. Actually, you've, you've you've actually raised a point in the terms of stop announcing all the films that are coming out in the next ten years or whatever. Like, leave it as a surprise. Like, I, I, I want to. I just want it. I just want one day to wake up and see a trailer and go, bloody hell! I had no idea that were coming out. You know, I, I, yeah. there's none of that anymore. Like, I, yeah. I um, yeah, that that that's what I miss uh, more a lot with Star Wars. I mean, I can. I love my superheroes and such, and you know Spider Man's this and the other comics or whatever. But Star Wars was always that one that just gave me that real buzz of excitement. Like you just can't wait for for the next thing. So it is such a shame that it is now like every other day there's another bloody announcement. But yeah. we live in that world now, and and Disney have got a a huge big money maker that they're not going to stop. You know, so yeah. it, it's going to. Uh, and then I, I always because that that probably comes from a. Um, Obviously, a place of nostalgia and a place of, you know, uh, again, my care and admiration for the classic Star Wars films. But I do try and think of it, I, I try to think, you know, the younger generation, they'll be relishing in all this Star Wars stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, like you think about when we were younger, when Empire was coming out, mm. and when, Je- well, when, I, when for me, obviously, it would have been the prequel trilogy and such. But yeah. you, you look back then, imagine if we had just all the Star Wars that are just there, just to watch. I think yeah. you'd have loved it as well. Yeah, and again, it's one of the things we did say earlier, as you said, is um, yeah, it's 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 for the kids. Yeah. It's not for us jaded adults. It is for it's it's essentially it's a it's, it's a kids film. It's a kids trilogy with with adult themes that like that, but it's meant for kids. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's why probably when you think about it, why the Clone Wars did so well. You know, the TV series because that was the only Star Wars TV series for mm. a very long time. You know, they did yes. the Clone Wars animated film and then they did the series. I think that's right. Anyways, I'm sure there wasn't many other Star Wars t- that I know of anyways that I can remember. But the Clone yeah. Wars was its own thing for ages. Um, and it's very popular, obviously. It's one thing that I've actually not watched, funnily enough. <laughs> I, I have watched it. I've watched. I, I've started watching it. I think I'm three seasons in. There's a lot of it. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I find there's a lot of it and I, I've, I've got so much on my watch list. So I probably will yeah. never, never see it. Time. Yeah, yeah, there's no time. So many things, um, but then it's always worth going back and revisiting the original trilogy. Yeah, there's always time in, in, always. Your, in your life to watch that. So always. Yeah. My final question to you then would be: uh, I know we've just touched upon that there are stories and such outside the extended universe. Obviously, following episode six, would you have mm. liked to have seen Lucas do? Seven, eight, and nine. If he had the chance, if he had all the, because he said that something along the lines of that he'd be too old to make them. Yeah. But would you still have taken it if if he was like, you know what, I'm going to do it? Would you like? Would you have preferred that? No. No. No, because of one, two, and three. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like them as much as you do. Um. Um. <laughs> I, um. I don't think. I. I really. I. I Force Awakens, and. I feel if JJ had been given a freer hand and actually done eight as well, mm. I think that could have made a lot of the disconnect for, of that sequel. And I don't blame Ryan Johnson for this because we know how good a director he is. Yep, absolutely. Um, knives out. 
is a, a quality film and that's what always worth mentioning whenever you talk about ryan John, johnson absolutely poo in the bed when it came to the second film he you've got to remember and I, I and i know that you're you're higher on it than i am and i'm not i don't like it nice just yeah the disconnect comes from the fact that whatever you felt about jj jj felt like he had a vision yeah and if you gave him seven eight and nine we might have got we wouldn't have got an original trilogy no we might have got a decent set of films yeah i I agree with that yeah i agree with that yeah i think lucas would have been too over-reliant on he he loves he loves shiny things yeah he just was putting shiny things in um you will remember the name and i can't remember it um the guy who directed uh, rogue one oh gareth edwards yeah i would have had him now in hindsight the way what he did the rogue one was amazing yeah i might have had him doing seven eight and nine yeah 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 um so that would have been so in answer to your question the long the short answer no (laughs) (laughs) i spent the last hour now saying so yeah uh, yeah that's fair man i yes and no maybe maybe just do one of them i don't know like i i would have been interesting to see i would have liked to maybe seen what he had planned for 789 if he was given the chance to um i think that it would have well, then again, you could. We've just kind of touched upon that. I was, I was going to say it would have definitely not been as disjointed, but it wouldn't have been if one director, someone else, had done all three. So maybe that argument's invalid now. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm just, I, I just think that. It, it, well, if we could go back, I'd be like, just don't do any more. Just do, just do stuff like Rogue One. Just do Rogue One. Do yeah. anything like that if you want to do a Star Wars film. We don't need, we don't need to carry the story on or do a trilogy. Yeah. Of different characters and not the Skywalker saga. So, but I would have loved, I'd love to have seen Gareth Edwards do the trilogy after what he did with like Godzilla and monsters and such. And obviously, Rogue One. Oh my God, yeah. I would have loved it because, yeah, it would have been very, very good. Yeah. I mean, Rogue One blew me away. And I know we're off the point again, but it blew me away. And yeah. that, and it felt like Star Wars, but it just felt, in fairness, it felt like a really gritty, dirty version of Star yeah. Wars. And, yeah. And if, Star Wars is for the kids. Rogue One isn't for kids. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's more mature, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely... Uh, we, we should do a Rogue One revisit, maybe next or something yes. like that. But Rogue One... That. Sweet. But Rogue yeah. One feels like it's for the kids that are now not... Well, we've grown up. Rogue One yeah. is for the, the now adult Star Wars fans. So, yeah, yeah, I've never really looked at it like that properly before. <laughs> I like Great it. Great it's great, great film, film. great film. It, it's the only one as well, to bring it back to the original trilogy, it's the only one that gets close to them, um, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. 100%. Uh, um, and again, I'm looking at it, because we look, I'm looking at it with adult eyes, and that's why maybe the prequels and definitely the sequels don't work, is because I'm not a 10-year-old child anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I still become a 10-year-old child when I see the Ewoks. Well, ex- exactly. Or when it, I, I, whenever I watch the original trilogy, it just takes me straight back to being that, that young, wide-eyed little man enjoying Star Wars for the first time. Yeah. It's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's been so much fun talking to you about it, man. Like, I, I've, I've loved this revisit. It says for the 150th episode, it had to be yeah. something, something big in terms of film and such. So what's yeah. bigger than Star Wars, let's be honest? Yeah, that's that's just right. And I've got to be honest with you, when you when you asked me to do it, I had a bad feeling about this. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh dear, yeah. oh dear. I on that in. Oh I dear. On that in. Oh, I'm going to let you off, but oh great, good effort. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful yeah. stuff, mate. Um, again, um, 
it's been it's been an absolute blast though chatting with you, mate. I really appreciate your time taking out to uh, talk all things original trilogy Star Wars, mate. And and and, and definitely we'll we'll get you on for another Star Wars episode or or whatever if you if you've got something you want to talk about. Let's get it on the pod. Definitely. No, thank you. Thank you for asking. Thank you for doing this. It's been absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure for me. So thanks, buddy. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem at all. And listeners, thank you so much as always for clicking on the podcast and giving us a spin. Uh, let us know your favourite Star Wars moments and, and your favourite one of the original trilogy, if you have a particular one, or if you just like them all, that's absolutely fine because they're all ace. Anyways, we've been waffling for long enough. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next episode, take care.